first episode of 2024. Ah, yes, a new year brings new hope. And sometimes it's the hope that'll kill you. But we're gonna we're gonna yeah. talk about some uh, some 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 clubs that are hoping for some some big big transfers that are going to change their luck in the second half of the season. Some who are facing relegation, and some who are trying to win a league title, and some who are just trying to get in those European places. Yeah, there's a there, we are now officially in the 2024. January transfer window, and we just started. We have uh, a whole month to go, but there's some there's some clubs we're going to look at that have uh, some big holes and some much needed um, holes to be replaced on their on their uh, current squads. And we're going to take a look at those and uh, yeah, look at some of the biggest fl- blunders in transfer history, especially recently, like Premier League, Serie A. We're going to take a look at some uh, some players that have just uh, not panned out. And some that have, uh, you know, talk about some Bundesliga players, you know, that have that, that have had some. Well, probably some of those will be some Bundesliga players that are struggling to make the transition from Germany to England. But you know, we're going to talk about some of these rumors, Nick. There's so many bad rumors out there, and just you know, hallucinogenic type of uh, wonder wish lists from all these wonder kids going going to their club or this club or that club and it never comes to fruition you know we're just talking about um uh, the the whole drama around for, uh um the, the the brighton players you know both of uh um casado for example that you know one of them went to liverpool McAllister, the other one didn't and it was yeah rumored for a long time so you never know until the very end you know yeah. uh who, who's gonna go where but um nick how you doing so far 2024 has hit us and um how was how was your new year and what are you looking forward to in the new year as we approach the second half of the season yeah it was good man we um gosh i i uh didn't really do much, man. Brought in the new year, just just loved ones and and all that good stuff. Um, I think, uh, oh, Japan, yeah, Japan played a friendly where they donated all the proceeds to Ukraine. It was a zero zero first half game ended five nothing final and uh, against Thailand. So that's actually, yeah, I actually, you know what? Thinking about it, I actually had a pretty that was pretty exciting. I stayed up for that. And watch them score immediately after the break. Um, and I think the I think the Frankfurt guy, player for Frankfurt, scored their first goal. And then they brought on Minamino for your your Klopp wonder, yeah. wonder player. And uh, they brought on everybody uh, after that. Of course, Indo's not there. <laughs> A couple guys weren't there because they're letting them play for their club. But the Asian Cup starts on the twelfth. Same day, you guys, I think, play Arsenal. Liverpool does. So I enjoyed my New Year's watching Japan. You know, I, I like my Asian clubs. International is Asian is something I enjoy. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to to the finishing off these these close seasons, man. It's funny. We start, we start this podcast and uh, we get some close title races. The recent – last few recent years, there's been seasons – where these uh, titles have already been decided, so we we got lucky. We started when we did. Yeah, it, you know this is um, th- this is this is the time of season where where it gets interesting. And yeah. 
I think that uh, some of these transfers, uh, which which some will pan out and some won't, some won't even happen. So it's it's, it's you know we're gonna yeah. dive into it real quick. Uh, historic. We're gonna look at some historical stuff first because this is the stuff that like you know this is the these are the, the the topics that get people talking. You know you can you you can debate over whether it was or it wasn't. But uh, you know let's start off uh, just some interesting transfer talk. You know these are most of these are recent. So there's a little bit of recency bias here, but what what we're going to look at is also the mon- the, the money amount, right? Like, um, what how much was spent on a player, for example, and take given to effect, you know, try and take into account that someone like Casado or someone like Darwin Nunez is is still too early to be judged, uh, yeah. just because it's within you know you want to make sure that you have at least a pretty decent sample size, like three years to go off of. So Nick. Um, Having said that, you know, some big flops from the Premier League, like if you look back at it in recent history, uh, you know, one comes to mind like uh, Alexis Sanchez. That was the from- one that was on my head. That's the – I swear to God, that was going to be the first one I said. Him switching from Arsenal and United was one of the worst. I agree yeah. with you. So here's the thing. He, he played 32 – this is one of those things we've talked about, uh, you know, at, at nauseum on the pod is the fact that – you know, people in the last ten years, the uh, big big name players have gone to United to die, and it's just he's he he was a swap for Hendrik Mkhitaryan, which both neither one of them worked out at that at at those respective clubs. Uh, yeah. Mkhitaryan, and what's funny is they both end up with uh, Inter in the end. It's, uh, Mkhitaryan yeah. ends up with Inter, and so does Alexis Sanchez. But um, you know, they were a swap for each other. But basically, it cost United as a total thirty point six million. And he scored three goals in 32 league appearances. So that averaged out, he would get paid 2.35 million pounds per goal. Yeah. Uh, just a complete flop, man, when you think about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, and, and I was thinking about that also. I was thinking, thinking myself, they both ended up on Inter Milan and they're going to win some trophies. So, but it's crazy because Sanchez came from Barcelona and whenever he, and he played. He had a good yeah, I think he had a good season or two there and he did really good and came right into Arsenal and was firing it on all cylinders and I'm telling you the second someone talks about it one of the players talked about it uh recently and said as soon as Sanchez came on like after the first game or first practice or two they just could tell it wasn't going to work and that's how bad it was it didn't take anyone long at all to see that Sanchez at United just wasn't gonna be good I mean if you compare it to Luis Suarez who came who who jumped on at Liverpool not saying he came you know did exactly like Sanchez but the guy scored what a goal per game and and sometimes it just works like that and sometimes it doesn't you know yeah it's uh, this is one of those ones that you know, you switch from it literally is just a, a different managerial style. It's not like you go from yeah. a league to a different league. He was familiar with the Premier League, so yeah. it wasn't like uh, he was leaving, you know, Portugal or the Bundesliga or France to go to the Premier League. He 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 yeah. was he was an elite player for an elite club already in the Premier League. So this move sort of makes sense on paper, right? I mean, Mkhitaryan left Dortmund, didn't quite work out at Arsenal, looking for a fresh start. Manchester United needed a midfielder, so they got Mkhitaryan, who's a brilliant passer um, yeah. at Dortmund. He was fantastic in their build-up and their attack, and he's doing the same really for Inter 
uh, not as effective as he was at Dortmund because he's also got a few more years on him now, but uh, much better enter than he was at either United or Arsenal. And yeah. it just Alexis Sanchez had, I felt like he had better support and that from both a, a, a teammate perspective and a leadership managerial perspective at Arsenal than he did at United. You know, United is just, it's 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 a it's a it's a cancer to, to these players' careers, and we got another United player coming up in a little bit that's going to yeah. top. It's going to top, the, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, He's yeah, going to top course. the charts. But um, in the interim, we'll go from uh, Manchester United to a Liverpool player. Uh, this shouldn't be a surprise. Anyone? Thirty-two point five million spent for him in 2015. He of course started off in the Premier League with Aston Villa. Uh, Forty-nine goals in 101 games. Not too bad. And also he had um, 12 assists as well. And then for Liverpool, he scored 10 goals in 42 matches. I'm That's, trying to think that, who this is. That is 2.03 million pounds per goal. And then only a year after switching to Liverpool, he joined Crystal Palace and has never been able to recapture what he had at Aston Villa. And the answer to the question is Christian Benteke. Yeah, Benteke. Okay. Yeah, he's Washington now. Washington at DC United. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. exactly where he belongs. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I completely, I completely forgot that he went to Liverpool for a second. Benteke. Yeah. When, when, when I first started, because I'm only about a decade into this, man. I, I completely dropped all American sports, and I was like, this is just utter nonsense. And I jumped into the real sport. And I I was there for Sturridge and Benteke's year and and then the Europa final for Sevilla and all that. I remember that stuff. And I'm telling you, I I couldn't believe Christian didn't do better. I mean, because he did go to Crystal Palace. He wasn't very good. I mean, he'd get a few goals and, and do a little bit, but never quite lived up to the hype that Liverpool wanted. Yeah, I agree with you there. That was bad. Yeah. That yeah. Number eight is player who started off. This is a kind of a, a continuing trend. I'm going to name this guy Bundesliga to Premier League flop, right? So this is uh, based on the financials of it. 45 million pounds spent in 2019. This guy came from a pretty decent Eintracht Frankfurt side. And that also included uh, Real Madrid, uh, uh, Real Madrid flop. Luka Jovic. Jovic, yeah. Yeah, but that's not who we're talking about here. That would have been La Liga. This is the Premier League, and it is none other than Dortmund's own Sebastian Halle, who was purchased yeah. for yeah. 45 million pounds by West Ham. Yeah. Uh, he scored 15, 14 goals in 54 games. By the way, if you're asking what that comes out to, 2.6 million pounds per goal for Sebastian Halle, not to not a bad day at the office. Yeah, it's, and and he missed that penalty for BVB to to put him up that game to talking about a really flop and 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 it's funny because for for Ivory Coast, um, the guy does his job. You know, I love to see him up front. I know when I see him starting, I know they're gonna get some production, and uh, he just couldn't do it for club. It's crazy, man, because I, I, I forgot he was on West Ham also. It's crazy. You forget these players because they did so bad, and then they immediately leave, you know? Yeah. Yeah, good one, man. You're, you're coming up with 
good ones. And I'm trying to guess these as you're saying it, and I wasn't even close. I was I was thinking of Jokovic, like you said, and then that. Oh, Jokovic, 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 yeah, 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 that that killed it. So. Yeah, this is this is uh you're hitting me with some good ones, man. Yeah, so this another Liverpool player, uh eighty one oh, goals, eighty one goals in well, he ends up at Chelsea. the the transfer itself is Chelsea, but he was started off uh with Liverpool in the Prem. Eighty one goals in hundred and forty two ties, also twenty one assists. Very good output there. Then he walks away, this is back in twenty eleven, for fifty million pounds, which for 2011 was that broke the transfer record in Britain oh, at yeah. that time. Yeah. So he goes on to score only 20 Premier League goals and 110 outings for Chelsea. Comparatively, he scored 45 more goals uh, for Liverpool in eight less games, which is Spaniard. insane. Yeah, Spaniard. I know who this is. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, Fernando Torres. Torres. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another. Uh, Played with David Villa, another international could get those goals. They won, God knows what Euros, World Cup, all that stuff. And then for club, he just couldn't, couldn't do it with Chelsea. Man, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how how this works, man. It's so funny. I remember this one, 2019. This is a uh, um, Spurs got this guy for 53.8 million, and he struggled right out the gate in 2019, 2020. I mean, this, this, he's, he was compared to Paul Pugba at the time. And of course he, he came from, he's one of these Leon kids that came from, from their, you know, at that oh. time still very powerful squad in France. Yeah. French and, guy. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, in Dombele. In Dombele. You know, yeah. Yeah. Just a, a complete bust for, yeah. for Tottenham. Yeah. That's another good one. Cause he, yeah. And I think, was it Marino who was like, "Get up out of here"? It had to have been. I well, think was- they they and, and they loaned him back to Lyon that uh, next yeah. January. So it's just yeah. it's one of those things, you know. Uh, another Chelsea flop, uh, which I mean, look, we're going back a couple of years, but they they could have a few flops on their hands right now as we currently speak. It, yeah. it, it seems like it seems like their their best transfer in years is the guy who just simply couldn't get on. He couldn't get on the pitch at at uh, uh man city but he's he's doing yeah. wonders for chelsea oh yeah and you know that you so, so you have to you have to look at like and he, he's a young he, he's not one of the guys like casado or uh yeah. this next guy like Al- alvaro Morita, who yeah. was a complete flop 60 million they yeah. paid for him from real madrid and he scored 24 goals in 72 appearances for chelsea it's yeah. not the worst return in the world, but it it, it was very poor. Uh, he was very poor in front of goal, to be specific. But also, he's for th- he's he's two years ago's Nunez, dude. Whenever I talk shit about talk crap about people who can't finish, it was Werner, Timo Werner, and Murata. I would say those guys are the worst finishers that you could. You know, if someone would miss in front of goal, I'd say they pulled a Murata. And what's funny is, I know I cut you off, but he today I think he scored a brace, dude. You know, so it, it he just it, he couldn't work at Chelsea, man. It's crazy, and we bring up Chelsea a lot because they're just one of the most active in this market a lot too. Not to say they're more active than a lot, but they are a little. They're always making these big splashes, dude, and it seems to just rack up on the bad side, you know. Yeah, it 
it, it does seem to be that way, and it, it's it's their big splash signings that that have just not worked out recently. That's why they yeah. find themselves in the state that they do outside of the uh, the the top half of the table. I mean, when you yeah. have when you invest all that money in these players and they don't you don't hit. I mean, it's like all the it's like having top draft picks you know in, in american sports and you just they just all turn into bus and if you yeah you can't build your franchise that way you have to rely on free agency yeah. which is what um you know transfers really are it's not true free agency but it's it's these are veterans we're talking about in most cases especially with yeah. these kind of fees these are all veterans who've you know are looking for the next step in their career and if you are you know riding your clubs uh or you're investing and, and and gambling on the future of it, uh, based on these high high uh, high transfer fee players, they have to you have to hit on them, and and yeah. that's something you know Liverpool wasn't doing for a while. For example, Klopp has hit on a lot. He's hit on a lot more than he hasn't. Yeah. United used to hit on them all the time. Now they can't hit one to save their lives, but that also yep. has to do with a lot of the uh, internal, you know, the infrastructure at the club itself. But Chelsea was, uh, you know, with players like Didier Drogba and. You, know, you go back, you know, to, to the pre decades of twenty teens, the two thousand the two thousand aughts or whatever they call it in twenty tens, they didn't have this problem. And and yeah. they have initially essentially inherited this thing in the last uh, I'd say half decade and they've just yeah. they've just they've found themselves in a complete tailspin. Yeah. But they come up again because I mentioned this week I mentioned to them, they come up again with Keppa who they signed in 2018 still yeah. is a 71.8 million dollar or 71.8 million pound record fee at the time for a goalkeeper. Yeah. So um they ended up which was funny they ended up signing in Edward Mendy yeah for in 2020 for a fraction of what they paid for Kepa. Yeah. And, and then, so it just it just it just insane what, how big of a bust that was for the price they paid for him. Yeah, then sold Mindy and Keppa same year. And I want to say, correct myself, Murata scored a hat trick today. So we'll get to that later. But that just goes to show you how bad it is. And and yeah, Keppa Keppa's starting for Real Madrid now. And then um Mindy's starting for Al Halil out in uh uh Saudi. So I mean, just just flopping all about the water, dude. And they spent like a lot on Keppa. I remember that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, is this dude that good? And and he was terrible. I don't know if you remember in the cup game where he sorry was telling him to get out to so the cigarette smoker. Remember sorry? Yeah. Smoke cigarettes on the side and stuff. Yeah. Telling him to get out for a penalty shootout and Keppa's like, No, Keppa stayed in. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that that was Keppa. <laughs> Literally told his manager, "Hey, holding up the middle finger and said, I'm staying in, dude. I'm not coming out." And, and if I'm not mistaken, they lost that penalty shootout. So, yeah, yeah, probably. I don't remember exactly what that was, but um, yeah, highly likely. Uh, yeah, but number. Well, I don't even. I'm not counting. Uh, I got three more. I'm gonna throw at you. Uh, one of them is uh, Pepe to Arsenal. That was a free he left from uh, Lille. Yeah. That yeah. was a that was a big miss. Yeah. And and uh I think the two biggest ones in recent memory, I'm gonna go number two is Paul Pogba for me. So Man United. Yeah. Uh, he was at Man United at first, then went to Juventus. Yeah. Then back to United for eighty nine million pounds, which at the time yeah. was the was the record fee. 
crazy. And now he's back at Juventus again. Yeah. So, um, I mean, is there any is there any more that can be said about Paul Pogba when it comes to Man United? I mean, it was one of the probably. I mean, one of the most disastrous transfers. Yeah. In in all of football history. I mean, just yeah. a, a complete waste of money. Yeah, I feel like he he also if he stubbed his toe, he would be like, "I'm hurt and I need to be out." Because he, did, I don't think he cared. Like it was, it was just bad there. That I think I feel like that situation was so bad behind the scenes, and Pogba saw that. Not to say his performance didn't help either. I mean, he had some good ones, but bad ones too. But I feel like he was hurt so much also, and he just didn't. It's like he didn't want to get back on the pitch. If that makes sense, you know, like. Like, screw this, I'm just going to stay out an extra two weeks because I don't even really want to play for them anyways. He was making 200 grand probably a week any, regardless. Yeah, he's making a, a huge wage bill. Yeah. Big uh, but number one by far Yeah, got to be what, what we're thinking. Almost 100 million pounds, and that was Romelu Lukaku going back to Chelsea for 97.5 million. I mean um, – it, he was at Chelsea at first. Then, yeah. of course, he departed, and he ends up winning a Scudetto with Inter. Yeah, which ended Juventus's reign of dominance. And then he goes back to Chelsea after being at Inter, and yeah, uh, complete. I mean, that will be devastating if Casado doesn't work out. That you didn't have. A ninety-seven point five million pound and a hundred and fifteen million pound player, both of those at the time the transfer record for their club. Yeah. And they both that's 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 over two hundred million pounds worth of players spent that didn't work out, and that's all in the past five years. That yeah, that's not even all of their failed transfers. No, but that but that's the two biggest ones, right? So yeah. Chelsea ends up let me say Chelsea ends up on this list. Far too often. Yeah, Chelsea and United. I feel like we can make a list of five, six players. I mean, Sanchez, Pogba, Sancho, if Caicedo doesn't do anything in the next year, Lukaku, not to mention Torres. Like, you're you're talking about that's 300 mil in just total floppage. That could – I mean, you could have bought Sunderland for 40 mil not six years ago, let alone that's just flopping and transfer fees. So that's a lot of money, man. Yeah, a lot. Um, so if you're looking at we're looking at um, some of the you know other some some other players, for example, that have uh, flopped. You you know if we're looking at La Liga, there's like the case of uh, Toby Albert uh, Alderweireld, uh, who was uh, of from course Tottenham, yeah, right? from from Tottenham, right? Yeah, yeah so he. He cost a, a lot of money to Atletico Madrid, and he was he was a big flop. I remember you have, this. To, you have to look. So Fabinho, a lot of people don't remember Fabinho was at Real Madrid before he was at Monaco. Yeah. He sort of rebuilt himself at Monaco before going on to Liverpool and winning all the trophies. But he was a massive flop at Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't he couldn't play there whatsoever. Couldn't. Yeah, it was lost. He didn't know where to go. No, didn't know which way it was up or down. I do remember that, and uh, ended up ended up being a mainstay at pool and becoming literally. He's included in the that those names that brought all the trophies in the Premier League title to Liverpool. 
You know, he was very instrumental in that. You know that. One of the, yes, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, th- he, 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 uh, yeah, he was. I mean, they, Fabinho was one of the best uh, yeah. number sixes in the world, especially 2019, yeah. 2020 at their peak. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he absolutely was. They, they couldn't have done it without him. Um, yeah. This is, a, you know, if you think about it in terms of what that was spent on him, like, what, so this is a curious one, like Zlatan Ibrahimovic at Barcelona, right? He he did well with that for them, but he cost he cost them a lot of money. Uh, but it was there was some there was some there was a huge money he was a huge money signing because he also cost them Samuel Eto'o you know yeah. a plus forty million. So, so, but they had to they make they quickly moved him out to make space for this kid named Lionel Messi, right? Yeah. So he, he wasn't he wasn't. It's not that he didn't perform well. They just basically Barca didn't want him. And they loaned him out to AC Milan with an option to buy. It, it, it's it's really, but he, um, he was good for Barcelona when he got there. Like he, I mean, he's he's yeah. been a massive success everywhere he's been. But you have to think about what they spent and how long he actually played there, and how quickly they had just ushered him out to make room for Messi. And and I mean, so in a way, I mean, you have to look at it. He wasn't a flop, but the transfer itself. I mean, you you sign a player like Zlatan, you expect him to be there. This is the prime of his career, right? 2009, 2010. You expect him to be there uh, four or five years and and win a couple of La Liga titles, and and that's not the way it worked out. So him and Pep were beefing. Uh, Zlatan talks about it in interviews now. Him and Pep, uh, I think he showed up in like his, his Porsche or something, and Pep told him, we don't do that here or something like that, and – and Zlatan was trying to tell him, you know, well, I'm Zlatan, you know, you know how he is. And and after that, he was having a hard time getting on the pitch. And then he also talks about how they pushed him out for Messi because it was Messi. So, yeah, that that's funny because that's 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 a situation where I feel like, just like you said, man, you're absolutely right. It wasn't his performing; it was just Pep and and what was going on at that club, man. I uh, I encourage anyone listening to to list you can go you can YouTube it just Latan on on Pep uh, Pep Guardiola and it, it it he'll tell you how he felt about him and and how he was kind of pushed out of there uh, by Pep. Yeah, and that's um, surprising. That can right? do it. That can do it too if you if you have beef with the manager, of course. Yeah. Um, Nuri Sahin, who's making news. Because he is in control of Dortmund's moves at the moment, he's talking about signing Jaden Sancho on loan. He himself was a flop because he was at Borussia Dortmund under Jurgen Klopp, won a couple of Bundesliga titles, and then made the switch to Real Madrid. And a six-year contract was signed, one of, of which he only played for one of those six years. Went to Liverpool on loan, couldn't fit in there. And he went right back to Dortmund, and really, and his his career at Dortmund was never, he, it was he was never the same player again. So I mean, he he's a tragic tale of probably, you know, playing out of his depth too much, too much, too soon. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That that change was that's one where just the change was just too much, couldn't handle it, and then never went back to to Dortmund and couldn't get back in that groove, you know. Yeah, and another one, another one that's just like that. 
that's been around the block a couple of times, played at numerous different clubs, started out great, then went somewhere, didn't work out in that league, then went was on loan for another league, didn't work out in that league, and ended up back in the league where he all started. That's uh, Chiro Immobile. So, of course, yeah. Italy to Dortmund, Dortmund to Sevilla, Sevilla then to Lazio. And, of course, he's been a happy camper at Lazio ever since. But uh, Immobile failed in La Liga. He failed in the Bundesliga. And it seems like he's only suited for Italian football. Yeah, you brought that to my attention. Me being just starting to get deep and deep into it, I didn't know that Chiro was on Borussia Dortmund. And funny enough, I look, and sure enough, man, the guy just was crap. <laughs> he he was not good at all there. Uh, I don't quite know why. I mean, I'm sure you know, but I couldn't. I, I saw the stats, and the guy was doing nothing, I, I guess. I think you've told me he, he didn't fit in or the system wasn't right for Chiro or something. I don't remember. Well, uh, well was, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the best setup for him yeah. in Dortmund. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to need some honorable mentions. Uh, this one's going to hit home, man, for uh, La Liga. Josie Altador. Yeah. He, uh, he, he was at Villarreal <laughs> after, you know, making some very impressive strides in MLS, Toronto FC, and, you know, comes, he, he's, he's done, he did well for them, uh, of course, after leaving Europe, but him, him being in Spain was a complete disaster. Uh, he, yeah. he actually played a grand total of zero matches because of a toe issue. So the, 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 the tour in Spain never even started for Altador. So it's, it, I mean, that's got us, you have got to say that's a, a huge disappointment. And I named that because he's one of the bigger name. I, I named this one because he's one of the, the bigger named American players in the past 10 to 15 years. Yeah. See, so he, yeah, you're right. Villarreal didn't even, Four matches, he, he went from Red Bulls to Villarreal. Villarreal then, after four matches of him not playing, went to some third-tier Zarex. I've never even heard of it. And then Villarreal loaned him out to Hull City. And then again to Burraspor in Turkey. And then finally Villarreal sold him to AZ Alkmaar for $1 million after they bought him for almost $8 million. So that's a big, big, big poop stain for American football fans. And then AZ sold him for 10 million to Sunderland. And as Sunderland, he just, he, he didn't cut it out. He scored one goal in 42 matches. And then he went on to his MLS fame, like you said. So yeah, that's see, you're hitting me with some stuff. Uh, I didn't know he went to Villarreal and crapped the bed. He, he did. I knew he was at Sunderland and, and didn't do very well. And uh, then went to Toronto, but I had no clue he tr- he got he tried La Liga. Yeah, last one I want to throw at you. This one is a really good one because not only is this player at the 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 start of all these controversies. Well, he didn't really start it, but let's say his wife did, right? And that is a boy who was a star at River Plate. That's a club that you're familiar with. Yeah, and he made the move to Barcelona in 2005. Scored on his UEFA Champions League debut, and that, my friends, was as good as it got. At the very beginning, it was already over. He then went on loan to Mallor- to Mallorca and bounced around Serie A for the rest of his career, meandering career. Went to Torino, Udinese, but he is one of Lionel Messi's best friends, and he is one of Mauro Icardi's arch enemies. 
And that is Maxi Lopez, who, of course, yeah. is the former husband <laughs> of Wanda, who ended up marrying Malo, who both Maxi and Malo ended up divorcing her because she is batshit crazy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Maxi Lopez and the affair that his wife had with Mario Cardi is what politically kept Mario Cardi out of the Argentinian national team for years and years and years and years because yeah. uh, Lionel Messi did not like him. Yeah, and he 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 sh he belongs there. He really does. Me and you both know he could he could play there. I mean, they they're fine with Julian Alvarez and and whatnot. But Acardi's good enough to to be there. That all that controversy and drama just put a, a poop stain on his on his drawers, man. You know what I'm saying? Because he was good. I mean, you're an Acardi fan like I am. The yeah. guy. The guy had a knack for goal, and he just got trapped off in all this stuff with this crazy lady, and then never, just never could become that big, big star. So, yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, so those are some of the big ones uh, in recent history. Like I said, uh, in Serie A, you know, uh, Lukaku, for example, was ex – I think Inter has had a lot of recent transfer success. They had some where they weren't really hitting – you know, those were like uh, Joao Mario a couple of years ago. And, but they've like with, with recent transfers, Mkhitaryan, uh, Chanalolu, uh, Lukaku. Yeah. And Sensi, Varese, Barella. Those, Barella. Those, yeah. those, those guys, uh, even, you know, when they got, when they transitioned from Handanovic in goal to, um, uh, a shoot, uh, a guy at United. What's his name right now? Yeah, uh, uh, Onana. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Onana. he was Onana was actually very good for for Inter, especially um, in, in the Champions League. You know, he played yeah. he played he played his his, his butt off. So, yeah. I mean, you you have these. So that's what I'm talking about. You have like Inter's on an up cycle right now. They were in a down cycle in terms of transfers in the middle part of the 2010s, and that can bring your club where they were in 2010 from a uh, international treble, so Champions League, uh, domestic league, and domestic cup to middle of the table, seventh, eighth place, not in Europe in like 2014, 15, you know, when they were kind of at their lowest point. That's, yeah. that's where, that's what Chelsea's facing right now. And to a certain extent, uh, it's what United's facing right now because they, they find themselves spending and spending and spending and not getting any return on their investment. Um, AC Milan went through a stretch like that too. I mean, they yeah. had all the money in the world. I remember the the summer of uh twenty was it twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. AC Milan spent two hundred million. They yeah. that's the that's the summer they got Shanalolu from Leverkusen. Uh, they got uh, I forget the the striker they got from I think from Frankfurt. They they signed somebody from Frankfurt. I think. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I remember they, that that year though they made a big splash in the transfer market. Yeah, huge splash. But like Chanalolu was one of them that they got, and it, it, you know it didn't. It, it ended up not not working out at all. And then yeah. they signed Divacariki from Liverpool. That that didn't work out for them. And you know another club that's had a, a lot of success, like with Paulo Dybala. Um, they signed uh, obviously Cristiano Ronaldo from Real Madrid. That that's uh, Juventus. Juventus has had when Pogba, uh, Paul Pogba for them when they initially signed him from Manchester United was was fantastic. I mean that's how he got to be the eighty nine million pound transfer that he was 
in 2016 for United is because what he did at Juventus was 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 brilliant. Yeah. Um, that that those are those are you know some transfers that come to and I'm trying to think of the striker who was the Argent who was the Argentine striker that was. Uh, G- Gonzalo Higuain. Gonzalo yeah, Higuain. I was gonna yeah, going to say, so they got Gonzalo that year. They got, um, uh, what's his name from Genoa? The, the Polish guy, the Krzysztofic Payet yeah. from, yeah, yeah, the German guy. He came, he also played in Germany. I think he might be playing there now. And then Lucas Pate- uh, Paqueta from Flamingo. They got him that year too for 40 mil. Yeah, that was a big year. I remember that. I was thinking yeah. of myself. Where'd they get all this money from? Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, you got to think they, they've been Italian champs like five yeah. or six years in a row at that point. And, yeah. you know, Higuain came from Napoli and then went to Juventus and, and just broke all, all these records. His, yeah. his, his mark though was he was great in the league, but he was absolutely terrible in the champions league. Like he was, yeah. he got in his own head. I mean, just a complete mental bat case. I mean, just, yeah. just, just, uh, he would, sh- I mean, Talk about regular season hero, playoff zero. That is yeah. Gonzalo Higuain is, is Higuain. and and also not. I mean, never was the the clutch player for his country either. You know, yeah. always uh, having to rely on, on, on other other stars to get them across across the finish line. So, yeah. um, so those are just some big ones. You know, uh, another one that comes up real quick is uh, Sergio Aguero when he was at Atletico Madrid. That yeah. one, that's kind of a flop. Uh, back in the day, so yeah, that's an old school one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he he did. Yeah, that was not good. Another a, w- one club that really honestly has the best luck with transfers. I, I it's hard to it, there's there's not many that don't work out, and it's and it and it's it's it's, it's Bayern Munich. You know, like they yeah. they got from Shakhtar Shakhtar Donetsk. I remember their um them getting uh Douglas Costa. Yeah, and he didn't work out. He was okay at Juventus. He was really good at Shakhtar, but for Bayern, his first season I remember was 2015-16, I believe, and he just he was he he was just terror yeah. down the wings. They didn't pay that much money for him. He was just, but yeah. he was so fast. His pace was so fast, and he was able to to just uh just blow past these fullbacks in the Bundesliga and and just decimate a, a defense. They ended up selling him because he did kind of flame out. But for a while, he was great. Then, of course, you have players like uh, Mario Mario Gomez, uh, uh, Lewandowski from Dortmund. Yeah. You have um, uh, 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 so some that didn't work out, like Niklas Sule wasn't the best. The other yeah. defender from Schalke, whose name escapes me right now, I can't think of his name, but yeah, they, they, I, I was, I can't remember either. I was thinking. Oh, sorry, about sorry. He came from Hoffenheim. He went from Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim. Yeah. To Bayern, from Bayern to Schalke, and I just can't think of his name right now. Uh, so forgive me, but um, that was that was you know those are those are those are sort of flops. But you know, all in all, like Mario Mandzukic, he worked out. Then they yeah. replaced him with Lewandowski. He worked out. Uh, uh, Mario Götze did not work out for them. Yeah, but you know they they signed Philip Lahm from Stuttgart. He works out. They get Frank Ribéry. He works out. They oh, get Arian Robin. He works out. I mean, yep. that's forming the core of that that trouble winning Byron side in 2012, 2013 under Yo Pinkis. Just an amazing, amazing squad. And you know, if you if you if you look at uh, you know from from going the goalkeepers from they go from uh, Oliver Kahn to Manuel Neuer. 
I mean, yeah. that, I mean, they have basically, you know, 30 years of first team, first starting German national team goalkeepers, you know, at, yeah. the, at, at, at their club for, for, for three decades straight. It's just, it's just insane. Um, Bayern Munich just have the success and, you know, like Dortmund, uh, Leipzig, these clubs have to have that same success in order to keep up with them. And, and they don't, most times Dortmund are selling to Bayern or somebody else. Yeah. And you know, these, um, the transfers that do work out for Dortmund, like Usman Dembele was fantastic for them, but they only had him for one season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pierre Emerick Obama Yang, they got him from, I think it was, I know, uh, Dembele came from Rennes, I think. And I, uh, I, I forget where Obama Yang came from in France, but you know, he was there for a while, but, didn't have enough didn't have enough supporting cast and defense the back line was 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 basically old and you know Lucas Piszczek had aged and Mats Hummels had yeah. gotten older and let's be honest you know Roman Berkey was never the answer at keeper after Roman Weidenfeller uh got older and retired so it's you know it's just uh, they they never found the same magic they had under Klopp but you know those a lot of those transfers like we talked about this a couple weeks ago the money they got, for example, for Usman Dembele, they reinvested in players like Maximilian Philip and Mahmoud Dahoud, and those didn't really work out, you know? Yeah, yeah, because we we brought that up. I was saying BVB is one of those clubs that will sell their their players, and then you don't see them reinvest, and it just pisses me off. Like as a fan, I would I would absolutely despise that because I want to see my club do do good and Monaco paid the price for that when they got rid of all their stars from that Champions League semifinal club team they almost got relegated the next season or two remember they they were fighting relegation not a season or two later because there was no reinvestment um that just that would, as a as a supporter that would drive me insane dude I would be protesting like as much as I could uh so yeah man a lot of this a lot of these clubs like BVB and Monaco if they don't reinvest and then hit they're screwed man and bvb's been screwed uh, a lot i mean besides that last season when they completely bottled it they usually just stay right there where they're happy and and you know where they're happy at and that's just the top four you know yeah that's just exactly that's just the top four um yeah it's no title aspirations nothing right exactly um, but going from the some of the the better, well, we we named a lot of bad ones. So um, we talked a little bit about some clubs that have had some transfer success, and we're going to go now to the current ones. So what's what's brewing in January? We're looking at you know so some juicy news, right? So Man United in talks with Dortmund over Jaden Sancho. Ten Hag says he wants a say on the United transfers under the Ineos leadership. So he, you know, he wants to have still an influence, but what does Sir Jim Radcliffe have to say about Eric Ten Hag's performance as manager? Then you have talk about Joshua Kimmich, speaking of Bayern transfers that worked out for them. They signed him as a youngster for pennies to the dollar. And now he's worth, you know, 80, 90 million allegedly. And so they make out like a champ there. It's, um, yeah, so I mean, we're, we're let's let's talk about let's talk about some of these. You know, Mbappe doesn't know what his future looks like with PSG, Man City's uh, U.S. national team goalie Stefan. He looks like he's going to be going to the Colorado Rapids. 
And, you know, actually, what's funny is I can't believe that I'm saying this, but um, Chupa Muting, who was the backup to Frank Lewandowski at, um, uh, sorry, Robert Lewandowski, sorry. Robert yeah. Levin, I don't know why I said Frank. I'm mixing yeah. my names up now. Uh, Frank, uh, uh, Robert, Robert Lewandowski. So Chippa Muting's been around the block, you know, and I figured he would end his career as sort of a backup for Harry Kane and for Robert Lewandowski. But now it's saying, you know, I'm looking seeing that Man- Manchester United is interested in Eric Maxim Chippa Muting and Thomas Miller. Have, 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 has, have the Bayern players learned nothing from the Boston Schweinsteiger example of you Real. should not go there on the downside of your career? Thomas Miller and Chupamuting are both closer to the end of their careers than the beginning. Yeah. What this is another Johnny Evans move, right? Like, why yeah. are you going to sign these 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 older oh. players? That literally the only reason I think Thomas Miller is still successful is because he does play for Bayern. Yeah, and He's and if you go, yeah. I, I think it would be a devastating way for him to end his career because it would end up the same way Boston Schweinsteiger should have never left Sabnerstrasse. He should have ended it and retired as a Bayern legend. Instead, he he ended up with Chicago Fire by way yeah. of Manchester United, which is just utterly disgraceful, not to mention the fact he got treated like, like dog shit by Jose Mourinho. Yeah. And so what's your take on that, man? Like, Super Moting and, and, and Thomas Miller leaving Bayern to go to play for United. Like that's gonna help United yeah. out. I think it's a joke. I don't I hope it doesn't happen, not for the sake of United, but for the sake of of the two Bayern players. Uh United wouldn't benefit at all. I mean, us as people who want to see them not necessarily do the best, it'd probably be good for us because there's no way they succeed in that in that team. There's no way you see Thomas Mueller come to the Premier League for United and actually do something. I agree with you. A lot of Mueller's success the last three, four years has been because the players he's surrounded by. You put him on a team, you know, like United right now or or someone, West Ham or somebody like that, like you're not going to see the best of Thomas Mueller. I think you can agree with me there. And Chippo is is done. He's His career is pretty much Chippa Moting, he's at the end for sure. I mean, he was at his end almost a year, two years ago, you know. I would have said it's time to probably go. I, I didn't like him playing for Bayern Munich when he came in. So I haven't seen that yet, man. See, it's so crazy with the transfer stuff. I haven't seen those two. And, and I hope for the sake of the two legends, or not not necessarily Chippo, but Thomas Mueller, I hope he doesn't go. I mean, that's just terrible for them. Well, listen to this. So we already talked about this. It's already being reported. Um, Altmar Hitzfeld, who was the former manager of Bayern Munich, is a huge Zabi Alonso fan. So he's already saying, basically, he thinks that he will coach Bayern. And we already talked about this. Reportedly, already as early as this summer, it looks like Bayern Munich will pursue uh, USC from Stuttgart. So that will utterly gut Stuttgart's team. So if they finish in the top four... They're going to go to the Champions League and 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 completely embarrass themselves. Yeah, I was going to um, say. So, so Bayern Bayern is going to pick the bones off of Stuttgart and probably Leverkusen this summer. Yeah, Garassi's already. They're talking about his it, his release clause is only fifteen point one million, and uh, I was going to say Bayern Munich's already. Apparently, it's it's not just Bayern Munich though. It's United, 
Tottenham, Newcastle, and Bayern Munich in the race for Garassi. With Bayern Munich hoping that they're going to be at the top. But with those four clubs there, apparently they're all, they're all in the race. Tottenham, Newcastle. It's so early. You know, you're going to have a big list of teams, but we'll see two probably battle it out. And I just, I, I, I hate to say it, man, but we called it, especially you, you always remind me that these teams finish at the top of the Bundesliga in Germany and, and Bayern Munich just picks them apart, man. And, and I'm hoping that some teams stand strong and just no team has been able to do that. I do want to say before we, we talk about that, that Zabi, Carlo Ancelotti just signed an extension with Real Madrid, so he's no longer going to be coaching Brazil. So that's out the ta- that's out the table for Zabi to go to Real Madrid. So now it can be a reality, a, a, a real thing for him to go from Leverkusen to Bayern Munich. So that also has to be considered because you know Carlo signed an extension. It came out that he's he's staying, right? Um. If we're looking around, you know, the league, you have to look at some 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 clubs like so Arsenal really needs some support, I think, if they yeah. want to make a championship Stryker. run. Striker. Um, yeah, so they're so we're looking at players in the likes of uh like Ivan Tony, someone like that, but they also need to focus on their defense because um, we look at this, we'll talk about this to wrap it things up, but you know, Arsenal have dropped a lot of points recently, and I we I, I already said in the description of um, the week week before last, or last year, I think it was last week, that Arsenal's um, final job has already started. So they yeah. got they got the lead by Liverpool over one uh, by one point, and then immediately dropped it back to Liverpool. And now Liverpool are five points clear of Arsenal in d- just yeah. in just two weeks. They go one point down to Arsenal to six to five points up in two weeks. Yeah. Liverpool wins their two matches. Arsenal loses there too. One was a nasty loss and a derby to West Ham. And then they get another derby to Fulham. They lose two to one. So they've been outscored four to one by their fellow Londoners the last two weeks. And they were both, these are both clubs that Arsenal should have easily been able to handle. And especially losing to West Ham like that, two nil. So what do you think? What, so you say that you, they need a striker, but what do you think about their defense? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's funny, man. I, I follow Arsenal and United so close because I laugh at their, their team so much. But they're, all their, all their pundits and their guys are saying that they need a striker and they need exactly what you said. They need a center back or they need to replace Ben White on the, I think he's a right back. I, I'm not sure. I, I think Tommy Asu is coming back, the Japanese guy who's actually pretty good. I, I think he was a good pickup, man, but Ben White isn't coming to be the player that they thought he was going to be. And they're talking about needing to replace him and getting a striker. So I I could see that. That's what I was going to say, man. I could see Arsenal getting a striker and maybe a, a center back or a back. But if they don't, like you said, they're dropping so many points. Like you can pretty much flush that those title aspirations down the toilet. I already think you can, but you can't tell an Arsenal fan that right now, but you, you and I well know that their chances have now been cut almost to like 10% of possibly doing it. It went from like 40 or 50 at the Christmas or a little bit before Christmas to literally like 10%, if even that much. So they got to get a striker, man. Gabriel Jesus isn't that guy and neither is Inketia and neither is Saka, man. They, they just can't, 
they can't figure it out up front and, and, and in the back. I mean, they're going to have to get one of those two or both of those in this, uh, this window here. Well, so that brings us to Chelsea, right? So Pochettino is already saying that he needs, he wants uh, a striker as a priority for him. So again, the names Ivan Tony and actually, believe it or not, Victor Oshiman are being brought up, but they're going to be really hard to get away from their clubs in January. And they're both yeah. valued at over a hundred million plus. And I cannot see Chelsea after dropping the money on Nkunku and Casado and, and then Lavia on top of that, that they're going to spend another hundred million in January when they find themselves in the second in the in the in the uh, um, second half of the table, I, I just I mean, how much money can you spend in one season's worth of work, both both transfer windows included there, and then not see the results? I mean, when is it? When is it? How do these financial crimes kick in? Because I mean, Chelsea has just bleeding money, and there's nothing to show for it. Yeah, like when is when is enough enough? And I I don't think Chelsea's going to do much, man. I mean, saying that seems kind of crazy, but I don't see them getting any of those players. And I just I think what they got is what they got right now. I mean, sure they might do a little something, but if like you said, man, if they drop a hundred mil on somebody, like the FA is going to have to be like, dude, what are y'all doing? They got to investigate. And and I've said it before, the Suge Knight contracts is how they've been getting around it because they're they're splitting that money up in in a decade you know like that's how they're getting around doing all that but it, at some point it has to be too much man i mean they signed Oshiman for 130 mil something's going to be opened up in some type of court like dude west ham or, or everton getting docked 10 points and chelsea can spend a billion in a transfer window like come on something needs to be done yeah i'm looking at you know, there's Everton. Everton, I think. Um, th- I think Sean Dyche should probably look at, at signing a couple of players, especially since uh, like Decoure, he's so vital to them, and the fact that he's injured, the injury to him. I mean, they they've now what they were really on a hot streak for a while, and I think they've lost three in a row now. So, yeah. uh, I think all of those with him being injured. So. Yeah. They, they they might need some replacement help just to guarantee that they're going to avoid relegation. And then I look at Liverpool. Again, Liverpool's not one that typically um, signs players in January. I know that they signed Virgil van Dijk in January, but typically they don't sign players in, in January. And they were looking at Andre during the summer, but they signed Wataru Endo. So that probably uh, took that out of uh, any kind of consideration for January. They're... They need a new center back, thanks to uh, Joel Matip's future being pretty much up in the air. And they yeah. did recall uh, Fabio, Fabio Carvalho from RB Leipzig uh, on New Year's Eve. So, oh, really? That's good. Yeah, he's been good. And um, yeah, that's it. Looks good. like well, no, but I, well, I didn't get to the end here. It looks like Leicester are probably going to get him on loan for the second half of the season. Really? Why would I mean? Couldn't they use him? No, not at winger. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. He yeah. is. I forgot. He's front. Yeah, it's, God, it's front already. three. Probably one of the things that they don't need. But no, that's the um, point. Manchester United are looking at uh, Girasi as well, and yeah. there is a release clause they are aware of. As you said, it's supposed to be somewhere in the region of seventeen million euros. So Stuttgart's Champions League run may end before it even gets off its feet because. If someone plucks him out of their team, they're finished this year, and they they yeah. they're safe from relegation. They won't get relegated. No, but they are 
not going to be playing in Europe next season if he somehow gets plucked away from them in January. Uh, oh God, no, no, they would fall because he's he's a lot of their goal production. Like, sure, you got um, the other German from Brighton uh, on Dennis Undiv or however you say his last name, but they that's he's not enough. You lose Garassi, that's you're you're absolutely right. I agree with you one hundred percent. They'll they'll drop right out of Europe. Somebody will bump right up. Yep. And of course, Rafael Varan, he's uh, he's entered yep. the final year of his contract. And yep. this um, this January means he's free to talk to clubs outside of England for a move yep. in the summer. Yeah. And they have the option to extend it by a year further, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen because we nope. obviously know that he and Seven Hog do not get along. Yeah. Jaden Sancho is basically there's no chance of reconciliation with Man United. And it sounds like he is off to Germany again. And Anthony Martial has entered the final six months of his contract. United oh. had the option again to extend him for a further 12 months. But as of yet, there is no sign that they will trigger that extension. So finally, um, yeah. And of course, Donny Van de Beek has already joined Eintracht Frankfurt on yeah. loan. So he's already gone. Um, yep. Thoughts on United's transfers. I mean, dude, there's no telling what they're going to do. I, I just hope for Garassi and all those guys we named for their sake, they don't go. But, yeah, they apparently got this new, you know, this new sporting director and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, no one wants to play there. Everyone wants to leave. I mean, I say that because of Varane. But, I mean, people will go there and collect their paycheck just like we see Rashford and everybody doing. I mean, I don't – I. It's like I almost don't want to see these guys go there because they're just going to end up being crap. But they're they're going to get someone. I mean, United's going to do what they do, man. They spend a lot of money, as you know, uh, a lot of money. And I just – Varane, get out of there as fast as you can. Martial, finally, it seems like he's been there for 10 years, which he, he very well might be. Um, I just – I don't know who else they're going to get. I mean, I don't really – I haven't been really watching much of their uh, – their content as of late. So I'm not sure who they're really looking at. I just hope they don't get Garassi. Please, God, no. I don't know um, who I'd rather see him go to, Bayern Munich or United. So I don't really see much happening for Manchester City. I, I think that they are probably yeah. content with what they have. The one um, – so, but one, one player that could be leaving them is uh, Calvin Phillips. And this goes to the next team. Newcastle has just been completely – on a downward spiral lately, uh, the latest loss to Liverpool, four to two at Anfield, which of course puts um, Liverpool's uh, five points clear of Arsenal and Man City in the race for the uh, Premier League title. D- Newcastle need to turn something around very quickly, or Eddie Howe is going to be out of a job also very quickly. But there have been links to Aaron Ramsdale, and there have also been links to Calvin Calvin Phillips, and of course. Um, they are, you know, with with Sandro Tonali um, being suspended. All this stuff is just has just gone against them, and there is FFP concerns as well for Newcastle. So, I the, uh, it's it's um it's kind of it, what looked like to be a fairy tale situation just a year ago has quickly turn into what could be a dumpster fire. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. They, I, t- I think I said it maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, um, that if something didn't change, man, Eddie Howe's going to be gone. And they have, they've lost what, like four or five in a row. I mean, just, just atrocious, man. I mean, I watched, I watched them play against Liverpool and they're just so, they're just so bad. I mean, there's a few bright spots, like they have good players, but they just can't seem to 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 get it together and win matches. I mean, Joe Ellington's everywhere. Almiron plays decent. Gordon, uh, the the youngsters, good. I mean, I just I don't. It's hard to explain, man. I'm telling you, I if I was Newcastle's people who were bought this club and spent all this money, Eddie would have been gone. Because I mean, they can get someone else. Um, they they need a lot. I mean, they need more than than transfers. They need God and and all kinds of stuff. Because, I mean, <laughs> right, they've right. you know they've. I mean, it's got to be at least four or five losses in a row. I mean, it's been bad. No, I mean, yeah, it's it, it it yes, it's been it's been very bad. We we talked about this that you know their their next um, what is it their their next two matches after Liverpool were Man City and Aston Villa in the league. Yeah. So yeah, we talked about that. It's gonna be. We said, matter of fact, yeah, I remember this. We said if he loses all three, he'll definitely be fired at the end of that third one. And it looks like they're going to lose all three, if you right. ask me. Right. Um, so, you know, if you look at, um, you know, going to the Serie A, for example, there we, we just talked about Calvin Phillips. So he's also being linked to Juventus. They're interested in him that – uh the interest in him has gone down apparently either from him or by the club, but that's, yeah. that, that's another one, you know, where, so Calvin Phillips, man, from man city is, is, is on the move in terms of having a lot of interest. Another, uh, another player, Pierre Emil Hoiberg, he's also being linked with Juventus. This is as recently as December 28th. Uh, doesn't seem to be too much uh, in the way of movement on that. A name that you're familiar with is, um, we just mentioned him earlier, Alexis Sanchez. He is getting interest from who else but Saudi Arabia. Of both course. Bel, both Al-Itihad and yeah. Al-Halil are interested yeah. in the 35-year-old center forward. And Surprise. Joshua Zirkse is getting interest from, from Manchester United to switch. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Zirkse right now is playing for Bologna, who are yeah. trying to make a run at the Champions League. Um, we'll see how that works out. Juan Miranda is being looked at. He, of course, is at Real Betis. AC Milan's giving him a real big look. And Inter looking at Tajan Buchanan uh, of Club Bruges right now. He's they're being uh, they're they're scouting him big time. Looks like the interest in uh, Buchanan has gone up dramatically and uh, Dragusin, you know, you know him from, um, he's Romanian player, uh, currently playing for Genoa Spurs yeah. are looking at him. Seems like they're very interested in him. And then, uh, one more is from Genoa is, um, that I don't think this has any standing, but, uh, according to transfermark.de, uh, Morton Freudrup from Genoa also being looked at by Liverpool, he, of course, is a center mid, so that would strengthen their their midline, their uh, their yeah. uh, midfield, and um, yeah, uh, 
you know Red Bull, Red Bull Salzburg has produced a lot of great players, such as Sadio Mane, and uh, basically the the entire Red Bull uh, RB Leipzig squad. You know, we can we can go on forever about all the players that have basically just been swapped over uh, between yeah. the two sides. But the number one player that comes to mind, obviously, from Salzburg, Sadio Mane, but you named him earlier, uh, Takumi Minamino. He came from Salzburg. Yeah. Um, and there's been uh, uh, countless others. I, I believe, was Nkunku, did he come from Salzburg as well? Yeah. Okay. I think, so. no, no, Nkunku came from France. Okay, he came from France to Leipzig. Yeah, he's French. Like, I think Rens or Remus or however you okay. pronounce it. Rems, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, this guy is um, uh, Strazinja Pavlovich. He is at Red Bull Salzburg, so he's coming in, center back, uh, and of course, going to Juventus, one of the clubs you want to go to if you want to play center back because they've had one of the best back fours or back threes in European football the last 10 to 15 years. Um, The big one, though, I'm not sure I ask ask you if you know about this guy. He plays for Palmeiras, okay? So he plays for Palmeiras. Uh, Vanderlan, he's Brazilian, 21-year-old left back, and AC Milan has a big interest in him. Really? Yeah. Do you know of this player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, midfielder, yeah. Uh, I didn't know that, uh, that we had some Europeans looking at him. Yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy because I'm looking, uh, looking now. Say his name one more time. Um, his name is, sorry, I just, uh, Vonderlin, right? Yeah, Vonderlin. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, but yeah, he's a 21 year old. Yeah, yeah. he he he's d- defender, but they pull him up midfield. Yes, he's st- he's 21, so young. His contract ends in three years, but I mean, the they got him valued at like five, six, seven mil. But yeah, big guy, skinny guy. I I could definitely see him playing in Europe. It's funny with these Brazilians because they get they can go over there. And they give them just – it's almost like a tryout chance. And if they're not worth a the crap, they just end up loaning them out for their contract or getting rid of them. So, But Vonderlin, yeah, he, he's he's been playing good, man. He played uh, played a, a lot of their uh, season last year, and his his average on the pitch was over a seven. So the guy the guy was playing lights out. So, yeah, I could definitely see that. I'd so like here, to see him at Team Milan. Yeah, here's some, here's some ones from, um, from La Liga. And um, you have uh, uh, UC, um, sorry, um, well, let's see. Uh, there's Alex Jimenez. He's getting called up from the U19s with Real Madrid. Uh, one that's already been completed is Eric Bailey. He's, uh, of course, a 29-year-old center back. Yeah. He was left, he was just sold from Besiktas to Villarreal. And before that, yes, uh, formerly of Manchester United. Speaking of Manchester yeah. United, 22-year-old uh, right winger, from Manchester United by the name of, and we haven't heard it in a while, Mason Greenwood is yeah. being linked with Atletico Madrid. 22, yeah, no. 22 years old is Mason Greenwood. Won't do it. Nope. No way. No what? way. No way, Jose. Because, man, you're, I guarantee you this, I don't care how good he is, the bad publicity that comes with Mason Greenwood I, I encourage you listeners and you, Critty, if you if you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. uh, I'll send them to you. But he uh, – I'm not even going to say allegedly, man. He destroyed his girlfriend who, of course, now they made up and now she's pregnant. They're married. But the pictures that came out of how he literally whooped her behind, 
is disgusting. And as a man, I don't stand with it. I will not support any club buying Mason Greenwood. I'm sure everyone deserves a second chance and people can chastise me for this, whatever. But if your mother or sister or daughter was beat up the way she was by this man, I'm sure you wouldn't want the same thing. I'll leave it at that. I mean, people are going to feel the way they do. I've caught flack on Twitter before for saying stuff, but I just I don't see Real Madrid touching this with a 10-foot pole. No, it's not, it, it's not Real Madrid. It's Atletico. Oh, Atletico Madrid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I. Okay. Yeah. They. They probably could care less what anyone says. The, the interest. The interest supposedly as of New Year's Day is up quite significantly from their side. Okay. Yeah. Then. Then maybe I. I was gonna say Real Madrid. There's no way a club as big as them are gonna touch this guy because people will just make like posters of his girlfriend beat up and like put them all over the pitch. That Real Madrid don't want nothing to do with that. Atletico, I could see a little bit. They're not as big, you know, they're not in the limelight as much. Maybe so I could see it, but I just, I don't know, man. I I don't, I don't agree with some of that stuff. You know, we don't have to get into my feelings and opinions, but about that stuff, but I just, I don't know, man. Mason Greenwood, I I feel like uh, he he needs to stay at a little club like he's at now and uh, just play his little, little football out. And maybe someday he can admit to what he did and apologize and then be a man and move forward. And then I'll say, hey, go join Real Madrid. But he's he denied it and fighting it and all this stuff. I just – I don't agree with it. But anyways, um, he's doing pretty good right now for the club he's at. And uh, Atleti, hell, they – they could. They, I don't know if they could even use them. I mean, their front is playing so good right now. With Mur- hell, Murata had a hat trick today. I was wrong. He he scored three. So I don't know where you fit him in, but I guess we'll see. But he definitely ain't touching Real Madrid right now. So yeah, you're. I'm well, glad you fixed me on that one. Yeah. Well, there's um, Sheffield United's trying to obviously prevent their relegation. Yeah. Uh, well, I said they prevent their relegation, which looks pretty bleak at the yeah. moment. But yeah. uh, they're linked with uh, Ben Brereton Diaz uh, of Villarreal. Yeah. He's a left Villarreal. winger, 24 years old, so young. But I mean, it's Black to me, it's it's too little, too late uh, yeah. for Sheffield United. I don't know what they hope to get, but like Arsenal is looking at uh, Martin Zubamendi. So he's okay. uh, Real Sociedad. Yeah, they're they're you know Sociedad. It's in the Champions League. Yeah, they're doing really round, good. Round of sixteen. So I don't know. I don't know if they want to sell right now necessarily. They need all the squad depth they can get because they're still fighting a, a two front war yeah. in La Liga and in and, in, yeah. in Europe. But um, Arsenal, Arsenal looking at defensive midfield. Obviously, they need uh, some defense. They're 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 leaking goals as well as not being able to score any. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a couple of outgoings for Spain. But it doesn't look like, you know, uh, Juan Miranda has been linked uh, left back from Real Betis. I think I mentioned him, AC Milan. Yeah. Him. He's another one of this uh, La Liga uh, outgoings. But there's just not a lot of rumors right now in La Liga. Do you? What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think like Real Madrid is set, right? Barcelona yeah. can't really do too much. Um, yeah. And then the next club that's the biggest, obviously, is Girona. And we know that they're probably going to stay put because – I think the league would just be a bonus for them, but they want to finish top four. That's almost in the back at this point. That's all you can expect. That's that's far surpasses what they probably thought they were going to do this year. So I don't see Girona really making a move. I don't see Barca making a move. I don't see Real Madrid making a move. But Atletico Madrid, maybe, you know, yeah, like I said, Mason you. Greenwood is linked with them. So And it seems like the interest is going up. 
So that's the first big club in Spain that we can say that there's any kind of drama around because I just don't think Madrid has the need for for any moves. I don't think Barca does. They're both in the Champions League uh, knockout stage. And, you know, the only one left is Girona, and they don't have any European competition. All they have to do is focus on the league, so they don't really need to spend money for squad depth right now when it doesn't make any sense to because they're only yeah. fighting a one-front war. Yeah, they're yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, it's it's funny because as the years have gone on, like you don't hear as much as you used to about you know La Liga and whatnot. And and I mean, it is because a lot of the money has left left that league. But yeah, man, I, I feel like all the top top names and top clubs are all set. I mean, I talked about it before we hit record, but uh, Barcelona has their eighteen year old from uh, Paranisi, Victor Reek, coming over. And I was just saying, I wonder if he'll play tomorrow because he's officially on Barcelona and he is good enough to get some time. I mean, hell, Zabi's starting the 16-year-old, 17-year-old at wing. So why would he not start an 18-year-old who was scoring goals left and right in Brazil Serie A? Uh, I I don't see why he wouldn't play with the adults, but I guess we'll see. But everyone else is set, man. Yorona's on absolute fire, man. They're they're like my top three favorite club right now. I mean, even even Daily Blind from old Manchester United time is is out there scoring goals against Atleti. So, yeah, not not much coming out of out of Spain, and I'm not surprised. The big names are pretty set, you know. Uh, yeah. So there's a couple of a couple of well, let's look at the Bundesliga real quick, right? So uh, uh, Jean Philippe Mateta is a uh, big, big heavy links right now to Eintracht Frankfurt. And he currently is of course at crystal palace. Then you have, uh, Joao Polina. He's linked with the uh, Bayern Munich a little bit. Does it seems to be pretty stable right now. It's kind of lukewarm. Then there is, uh, Dortmund who's going to do apparently a little bit of shopping, but, uh, uh, Aaron Masovic, center back from Fallaufel Bochum, was linked with them. Interest seems to be fading. Daniel Malin, though, for Dortmund. He's getting oh, interest yeah. from Manchester United. So another yeah. Bundesliga player. So we just talked about Thomas Miller and Eric Maxim Chupamuteng a little while ago. Now we're talking about Daniel Malin, who is one of Dortmund's. He's only 24 years old. He's one of their more important players. He scores a lot of important goals for them. And before, you know, this is already Manchester United would pluck him away from them while they're in the middle of a Champions League run in the knockout stage. So, I mean, these are clubs like we talked about with Real Sociedad, Borussia Dortmund. They really can't afford to get weaker if they have, I mean, unless they just say, look, we made it to February in the Champions League. If we get knocked out, we get knocked out. I think that's a really shitty attitude to have. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not the manager of two, you know, of, of Dortmund who's a complete selling loser club, but. Yeah, um, you know they have the 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 losers mentality for sure since Jurgen Klopp yeah, left. Cool. But um, I digress. Daniel Malin is someone who I don't think that Dortmund can afford to lose, but they seem to be getting a lot of interest from Man United for him. Uh, that as of today, in fact, is still very stable coming yeah, from United's no, I camp. Heard that. I heard that. I I heard they were talking about Malin a couple weeks ago before it even opened, but. You got to think, I mean, he, he was an Arsenal kid. Arsenal, it's another guy that Arsenal got rid of to PSV. 
and he's only 24 market value, like 35, 40 mil. I mean, he would be a good pickup, but BVB can't afford to get rid of him. He scores too much. I agree with you there. If you get rid of him in January, you're pretty much saying, Hey, let's just, we made it in February. Yay. Let's celebrate. And then they're going to get kicked out by, aren't they playing PSV? Like (laughs) they're, they're going to get kicked out by his old club. Is it PSV? Right. Um, who who are you who who are you talking about? Dortmund plays PSV in the playoff, right? Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So they'll Wait, end no, up- yeah PSV yeah so yeah and so there's um there's actually a player um uh Johan Bakayoku from PSV yeah. that Dortmund uh-huh. we're looking at uh, yeah. he's a right winger so that would be them playing their next opponents in the Champions League that would be a, a, a an opponent. <laughs> potentially making their opponent stronger. Yeah, that would be crazy. He He's actually really good. A lot of, I, I've heard a lot of people talking about him, good winger, but you'd be crazy, man. I mean, you gotta, you gotta keep these squads and try to try to advance. Cause a team like PSV could sneak into the next round. Yeah. Especially Dortmund, you know that, I yeah. mean, they, they could make it to the next round. And next one, of course, might be a little bit different cause you're going to get a city or Bayern Munich or enter, but Make it to the next round, man. Make make some extra money for your club. Don't sell your freaking best winger, you know. Yeah, it looks like Frankfurt. Frankfurt's interested in making some moves. Um, there is there is one more move that Dortmund potentially are looking, or this came on the on the board today. Is Ian Matson, twenty one year old left back at Chelsea. So he's obviously not getting a lot of playing time. So yeah. this could be a potential loan. Um, yeah. You know, they they Dortmund bought Sancho from city and then yeah. of course ended up selling him for a lot more. So I don't know that this, um, I don't know if the, the Ian Matson would be a loan or outright sale, but um, again, Dortmund looking for some young English help at uh, left back or, or premier league help at left back to strengthen their squad. And then of course, Jaden Sancho, as we talked about, and it looks like um, Lucas Olario could be going back to Brazil Internacional. He's yeah. uh he's he's 31 year old center forward from Frankfurt. And the last one I want to talk about Marcelo Morales from Club Universidad de Chile. He is uh potentially going to be headed to Eintracht Frankfurt. So they're they're obviously trying to make a move to get back into Europe, especially with the interest in uh Jean-Philippe Mateta and some of these other players that we mentioned. Um so what are your thoughts? I mean, it looks like Frankfurt's got a lot of moving pieces here. I mean, Frankfurt has uh Un- Union Royale from uh from um Belgium in the Conference League. And they I mean, they haven't really looked very good, so they need to make some moves. I mean, Donny Vanderbeek is not a bad pickup. It's you can't you can't judge anyone off of their stay at United. So I don't even he didn't even get the time he needed. The gym coach didn't give him time. Even Ralph wanted to play him, which shows me that the guy probably is pretty good because Ralph knows his stuff, as we talk about all the time. And uh, Frankfurt, they need to make some moves because they've looked bad at times. I mean, they did beat Daddy, what, 5-1? to one? And then uh, – but they had a stinker or two in the conference league, and you could – I know it's just a conference league. People are going to say that, but – Teams like Frankfurt need to need to play these out because if you make it deep, as we've learned in the last year or two, they could win the whole thing. Well, 
the big one that's that's already transpired so far in the Bundesliga is uh, Elif Elmas. He attacking mid. He transferred yeah. from Napoli to Leipzig Napoli. for twenty three million. So I think yeah. Napoli, uh, big time strengthening their squad there. I, I mean, I think that's a that's a brilliant move for them. They um, needed some help in midfield. They're going to get it. So look for them potentially to be making some moves, uh, solidifying a top four spot in in the Bundesliga for sure. I mean, I don't see how they do how they fall out of it. It seems like Dortmund are just primed this season to not finish top four without some kind of miraculous turnaround in the second half. Yeah. So so I want to say uh, today is the third. Yeah. Uh, so this just happened. Sheffield United have reached an agreement with Villarreal. Uh, so he, it's official now, on loan. Um, this was just announced. Uh, yeah. So he's going to Sheffield for, for one season. He's Who on is? loan. A Britain, the, the Chilean Diaz from Villarreal. Oh, Remember yeah, his- yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so that 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 is uh, – is uh, official. Sorry to just bust that out of nowhere. No, but, no, that's. I mean, if it's if it's yeah. breaking, it's breaking. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, Fabizio just said it. The here we go is released. So no buy option clause. He's just uh, he's going to get some time. I mean, he hasn't been playing in uh, at Villarreal. They just got their tail whipped two, three, three, one. They scored a garbage goal at the end. But um, yeah, man. Uh, I don't. I forget what, what what we were saying, but Frankfurt. God. Oh yeah, Frankfurt. It was uh, so. Um, we we had a couple of outgoing. Uh, I was going to switch back to Spain real quick and look at what's um, what's transpired. You know, uh, what's transpired there. There's not much. I mean, you had uh, looks like Johnny Johnny Cardozo was the latest one from Internacional. Yeah, uh, he switched to obviously. Let's see here, Real Betis, and yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of completed transfers right now in La Liga. I mean, we're just kind of in yeah. wait and see mode. Like I said, uh, Eric Bailey, he went. It was a free transfer, Besiktas to Villarreal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I yeah, I just I, like I told you, I don't see any really big need for some of the bigger clubs in Spain to make a move. God, yeah. And and you know what? God, Benfica are about to sign Marcos Leonardo from Santos for 18 mil. So Santos, who just got relegated, are about to sell their best player for 18 mil. Oh, my gosh. Just such – it hurts my heart, man. I know we were just talking about La Liga, but – just seeing this, man, I, I missed this was this was just earlier this morning, but so sad. I mean, goodness gracious, man. Um, and Chelsea recalled Audrey Santos from Nottingham Forest. They want him back. The midfielder okay. from from um, Brazil. Uh, he was also uh, called back up from, from Nottingham forest, but yeah, you're right, man. I'm not seeing anything out of La Liga, man. It's kind of, cr- it's crazy how that's changed in 2015, 16. It was all La Liga and premier league, dude, you know? Um, yeah. Not, yeah. And there's not much, not much that's been, uh, completed in city A either. I mean, you got Isaac Hien from Hellas Verona. He switched to Atalanta for 9 million euros. And that's pretty much it. Obviously we said yeah. Elmas left Napoli. He went to Leipzig. But yeah. there's there's nothing really 
yeah, there's nothing, nothing really shaking. big that's happened in City Hall, but I do think there's some clubs that need to make some some moves. I mean, I, I you know I would say uh, one move that doesn't need to happen is I don't think that Oshima needs to go anywhere. That would absolutely no. that would destroy Napoli whatever hopes they had of yeah. finishing top four. But I mean, is like a team like Roma who's on the cusp. What what do you what do you do if you're uh, Jose Mourinho? Do you do you do you need to to buy some more? I mean, what do you, what do you think about their current squad? I mean. I like they it. They look I, like they're they look like they're capable of a top four finish, but every time they get in the top yeah. four, they give it right back away. Yeah, I, I think they're they're fine. I mean, you tweak things a little bit. Jose knows what he's doing. I, I like their squad. I I watched them today uh come back. They were down nil zero one in the eighty first, eighty second, and thank the Lord they they came back and won two to one. Lukaku and Pablo Dybala came off the bench and he scored the winner. So I, I like Roma's squad, man. I think they're sneaking they're sneakily gonna stay in that top four now, now that they're up there. And I think they can hold on, man. You got a guy at the helm like Jose. Uh the great one, I think. I think your chances are pretty good. I mean, I don't know where where you do anything. I mean, they're so sound defensively, and then your front line has been playing good with Pablo Pablo Dybala and uh, and Lukaku's been playing well also. Not to mention, you got the good midfielders, Al Sharay, the winger, and and you got Spinzola and those guys. You know, it's it's Christie. You got a good squad, man. Well, so. What what club like if we're looking at the top five leagues and this includes uh, France? What are some of the cl- like? So in my opinion, if I'm looking at like five clubs that need to make a move, I think for sure Arsenal need to make a move. Yeah, I think that it would probably Atletico Madrid makes a little bit of sense if they still want to challenge for the title. I, yeah. I, I could see I could see them needing to make to to, to, to bolster their squad. Um, I think they're top four for sure. But I think you know Diego Simeone having won the league just a few years ago. I I just don't think that Atletico is one of those clubs that you know like United would be satisfied being a, a perennial top four club now, not winning the Premier League, just just being top four every year. I don't think Atletico. He's they've won a couple of league titles in the past decade or so, I think that they're right on, on the cusp right there with, with Barca and Real Madrid, as far as being a dominant Spanish side, I don't think, I I think if you can, if you have a shot to win it, then, then go for it, you know? So I I think they could, they could stand to bolster their squad. AC Milan is another one that comes to mind. I don't know um, what their spending looks like, but I think it would, I, I don't think that I didn't think I'd be talking about them potentially missing out on the champions league this year, but they could if they, you know, they've obviously dropped a lot of points recently. Of course, the match that comes to mind, Nick, is the two-two draw with last place Salernitana just a couple of weeks ago. That was that was pathetic. I mean, you're playing the twentieth place team; they're going to get relegated. You're you're um, defending champs from a season ago, and you're trying to get back in the Champions League now for what is it? I guess the third or fourth season in a row, and you're flirting with you're you're playing with fire. So, yeah. I mean, those are the kind of losses that at the end of the season you tally up and you say, wow, that's one that we just gave away, completely gave away. They dropped two points to the last place team in the league. So AC Milan yeah. comes to mind in, in, in Germany. You know, I think that um, a club that can not necessarily needs to make a move, but they need to prevent moves from happening 
are obviously Bayer Leverkusen and Falafi Stuttgart because the yeah. Leverkusen, I don't think it's going to sell anybody until the summer. I think no. that they are hell bent on winning this, this, this uh, league championship. So I don't think you have to worry there, but when you have a player like Yurasi that has a release clause, it can be triggered at any moment. And they are in such a vulnerable position where they're on the better side of 10 points clear of Dortmund, but that can quickly dissolve. That's, that's Dortmund's way back into the Champions League, mind you, is that Stuttgart get torn apart here in January and they fade yeah. away into 10th or 11th place. And it's sad because then I can see Stuttgart fighting for relegation again next season. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only way. Yeah, I, I agree. Those, all those clubs. Yeah, but Stuttgart needs to prevent AC Milan. Definitely, uh, Etiolantia signed a Verona, a defender from Verona. There, who's worth you know ten mil. So they're at least trying. I know we haven't talked about them much, but that's a move out of Italy that that probably needed to be done because they've had a terrible defense, and I think. Etilantia isn't too far out from the top four. They could still do something. But, uh, yeah, man, Stugart, I mean, it's going to hurt my heart to see them get torn apart. And, and I just, same with, with, uh, Leverkusen. But you got to have, you got to think Arsenal. And, and for me, Liverpool is one. Liverpool's in a position where they could win this league and it doesn't happen much. And you need, you, you have a few things to tweak. And I feel that this is the opportunity to tweak them if you really want to win that title. I, I I think it depends a lot on what they can do and who they can add in these next three weeks. What what can you do to show me that you really want this title? Because there is a couple things that need to be addressed, as you know. Uh, so they're one for me where I want to see some action. And uh, and yeah, man, I, I don't I, you. Athleti makes moves, but a lot of them have been been not so so good. I, I'd like to see them make a good one, but for me, it, it's it's Premier League or, or uh, uh, that needs to Arsenal and Liverpool for me are the top two. United, of course, but they're going to make bozo moves. Uh, but for the for for me, those two there are the biggest ones. If you're not going to make moves, then your title aspirations might go flush down the toilet. You know. Yeah, we talked about some of the moves for Atleti, you know, uh, Kun Aguero. Then you had uh, Diego Costa coming back yeah. from Chelsea. And then, of course, Antoine Griezmann came back to yeah. Barca, back, back back from Barca. Um, But they, yeah, I think if they're going to challenge for Spain, which they're still not out of yet, they, yeah. they need to make, they might need to make some moves to strengthen themselves. Yeah. They have the toughest draw in the Champions League of any group winner because they get Inter, who were the runners-up from last season. And, of course, they finished level on points with Sociedad in their group, but they lost on goal differential or head-to-head or whatever it was. Um, But, yeah, Inter Inter could knock Atletico out, I mean, for sure. So they may need some strength uh, in their squad. Whoever whoever scores first might screw around and win the whole thing because that might be the only goal in the whole, whole aggregate. Yeah, for absolutely. We talked about that. Um, yeah. Relegation sides, you know, I think that Sheffield, yeah, you can try, man. I, I really think that it's it's a waste of time. Uh, yeah. I hate to say that because you like you have you have eighteen matches left, right? But I mean, let's be honest here, right? I mean, like they they completely screwed themselves at the start of the season when they sold two of their better players, and I mean, they just started off the season with a handicap, and so yeah. Burnley. 
I think I think Vincent Kompany needs to look at some players uh, to potentially get a challenge going with uh, Luton and Everton. Everton need you know a little bit of security too, and yeah, um, yeah I mean that's that's basically your bottom right there. I don't think anybody else is in. I mean, you know, Forest looks like they've had. They, I mean, they've obviously beaten uh, Man United and uh, Newcastle in the last couple yeah. of weeks, so. Um, yeah, they the, may be turning, yeah. turning some corners here, but uh, in, in in Germany, you know, a, you know clubs like uh, Bochum, maybe Union Berlin, just to be sure, right? I mean, I know right now they're 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 looking like they're going to be safe, and we talked about that. They they obviously, as soon as they were eliminated from the Champions League, they started to win in the league again, get some points. Uh, they do have still a game in hand with Bayern from the first part of the season. So they still have to play Bayern twice. It's, um, you know, if you want to guarantee yourself to stay up, those are just some clubs. Like, uh, I, I think that I, it's again, though, I guess they say it like Darmstadt could sign somebody, but I don't know that they don't have a lot of money, obviously. I mean, so yeah. it's not, it's not just that easy. And yeah. if you're, if you're pulling, if you're Darmstadt, you're getting players that are worth like 500,000, or, or maybe a million at best, and you got to hope that those guys pan out because you're yeah. not getting you're not getting uh, oh, you know a Rudri <laughs> or somebody like that to come to your or Kevin De Bruyne to come to to, to Bochum to play, you know. So no. so you got to hope if you get an aging star or a young up and comer that they actually pan out and that they can deliver. Yeah, Serie A is, I mean, what. Again, it calls like Lazio, right? We've talked about how one-dimensional they are. It's just uh, Thierry Mobley and everyone else. I mean, they're, they're, what that club again is a club that's in the knockout stage of the Champions League, and yeah. they're not going to qualify for Champions League again next season. They're 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 in the middle of the table in Serie A. So, yeah. I mean, what do you do if you're if you're a club yeah. like Lazio? Yeah, this do you is invest it or yes, is it? I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, they they probably aren't going to do anything, and they're going to get beat in the first round. And sadly, we probably won't see Lazio in Champions League for another three or four years. I mean, that's literally probably the truth of the matter. Yeah, I mean, and 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 Immobile is uh, obviously closer to the end of his career than he is to the beginning. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's not going to be around for that much longer. It's just yeah, you know, it gets so- worse every season. Every season, his production drops. I mean, it's it's almost time for him to, to move move on. You know, they lost their you know their best midfielder last season to yeah. Saudi Arabia. Saudi. So yeah. I mean, it's just yeah, it seems. I mean, he he was part of the the effort that got them into the Champions League last year. Exactly. I mean, so, so so it's just yeah, it's it seems like it's a a house on fire there, and you have uh like in France. Okay, we all know that Nice has defense, right? But they need some scoring. Nice cannot score, yeah. and that's the only reason they find themselves behind PSG is because they can't score goals to stay level with PSG. Yeah, yeah, they can prevent them, but they can't score them. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a club I look at that could probably use a player to to help them in the attack. And I know I'll say this: like they're 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 starting to climb to safety. But I've seen some rumors swirling around Lyon signing some players to guarantee their safety because they certainly don't want to make the drop like uh, Bordeaux and some other big name clubs in France have in the past few years. 
Um, yeah. This is a do or die for Lyon. They are, again, like much like Union Berlin, there's signs of life, but they need to, to, to solidify it, stamp it, sign yeah. off on it, send that check in the mail and get, and get through to fight another yeah. day next season. So I would definitely look for them to maybe bolster themselves, not too expensively, maybe some, some, a couple of cheap depth signings to make sure that they have what it takes to get across the finish line, uh, at least out of the bottom three, or at least in the relegation playoff spot in France. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. You're not, you're out of the nine foot in the pool, but you're just in the five feet right now. Like you're either going to come back in or you're going to go back out. Cause it's definitely not over with. You're talking about one point away from being back in that, in that bad spot. And uh, they, and, and it's crazy because Leon has talent. They just, they couldn't, they couldn't win games, man. It was, it was just ridiculous. So yeah, seeing them do something would be nice. Nice also, and Nice's old sporting director is now who's about to run United. So, and you see, you see that uh, Nice is now five points behind PSG, but they could, they could, they lost to, 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 they lost two games out of the last five, I think it was, and that just totally dropped them. We stopped talking about France, but they, uh, they could definitely use some help to try to stay up there and just hope that PSG can lose a match or two, you know, that maybe lose focus or, or something. But in order to stay heel to heel with them, they got to keep on winning. And uh, scoring goals has been a problem. Moffy hasn't been enough from, uh, I think he came from Lens, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But he, uh, he or Lorient, he hasn't been enough whatsoever. So Nice, nice is definitely one of those ones out of France where you need to see some action. Yeah, agreed. Um, nice for sure, like we said, offensively to stay up, they need to, or to stay up in the battle with PSG, they have to score some goals. But let's, um, to, to, to close up here, uh, we finished up the holiday matches in England. It was yesterday was the, uh, the last one between West Ham and Brighton, which ended in a nil-nil draw. New Year's Day, we had Liverpool... Uh, all six goals were scored in the second half, so yeah. they win uh, comfortably at the end. They win comfortably over Newcastle, four to two. Newcastle are in a complete free fall, and we talked about that already. Uh, you know, Liverpool thirty four shots to five, and sixty two percent possession. It just, I, I, I can't. I mean, they had fifteen shots on target, as you talked about the expected goals. We're through the 7. roof. 7.2 expected goals at the final whistle. It yeah. was f- like five at 60 minutes. Uh, yeah, I I almost lost my mind in this match. I mean, I just needed one goal. I figured I'd get it. But um, to see what I saw with the finishing, I mean, it was just nonstop texting you like, okay, there's a miss. There's a miss. Oh, that should have been a goal. Oh, there's another one. Oh, critty. It should be four, nothing. Oh, wow. Salah missed penalty. Uh, yep. Five, nothing should be. Oh, but it's zero, zero. Like it was just all day. And we were, we were getting ready for egg ball games and we were watching this looking at thinking to ourselves, what in the world is going on? Not to mention it went one-to-one when Newcastle had two shots and they were tied one-to-one when Liverpool had 16 or something at the moment. So that's why I brought up Liverpool needing to do something, man. I mean, I just – 
stuff like that is just mind blowing when you look at those stats. But they got the four to two final, so I'll give it to him. Salah redeemed himself, made a penalty um, at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know you were you were definitely having some bad words about Nunez, as was the whole entire world. So, um, just a just a crazy match, dude. I, I, I you don't see stuff like this very often, and I watch football every day from under 20 Brazil tournament today to Australia at 1 a.m. to, you know, Iran and Egypt second tier. I watch a lot of football and you just do not see games like this, especially in the Premier League. So quite a game, man. I mean, you were you were pretty upset, as was I, uh, needing that goal and I having to make me wait until freaking second half after 15 shots in the first. I was pretty upset, man, and that penalty he took was absolutely atrocious. Um, I feel like you would have made that. Um, yeah, well, it, it was it was pretty bad, and that's why I was so yeah. upset. Um, but yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh, we know yeah. the Newcastle are in are in full uh, uh, crash yeah. mode, and uh, yeah. Liverpool top of the table, three points clear of Aston Villa. Um, but as I said before, five points clear of their biggest biggest uh threats which is man city who have a game yeah. in hand so it could be as little as two points to uh yeah. to city and then five points clear of arsenal but speaking of arsenal and the gunners uh bukay asako fifth minute one nil and it looks like arsenal's gonna cruise and then they end up choking away another three points they lose all three points to fulham Raul jimenez scored and a cordova reed and that was it man um yeah. arsenal Lackluster performance, 61% possession, 13 shots to Fulham's 15. Um, just just not enough, man. This is not going to be enough yeah. to get across the line. And Arsenal have now lost three of their last five. They've only won one in their last five. So, yeah, bottle job. They look at the top. If you look at the top six clubs, even yeah. seven with Brighton, uh, they have more losses than anyone in the last five yeah. matches. So, yeah, well, that's what I said. They probably need some transfer help. But what are your what are your thoughts right now on Arsenal? Yeah, Arsenal's try, last. Try to be bias, Try to be unbiased because you we all know you of hate course. them. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, <laughs> I I try to take my personal feelings out of it. I I do, man. And and they just the reason all that came about is because of the pain and and suffering that they gave me in the 2015, 16, 17, 18 seasons where they couldn't get their crap together. So that's where that all stems from. But now the last five, they're literally four points in their last five, scored four, given up six. I mean, they are just not looking good at all. And this is what you figured would happen. I think Arsenal was the Christmas champions, right? Weren't they in the lead Christmas? And then they lost. New Year's Eve and Liverpool won on on New Year's Day to jump them and take that lead, like you said. So them leading at Christmas again two seasons in a row means absolutely nothing, and they're gonna do what they do, man. They are the black and yellow of England. You know, no. I feel like they're the BVB of of them and Tottenham. So, well, speaking of Tottenham, uh, they, they you know we talked about a a, 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 a club you don't want to play right now is Bournemouth who were coming in with a four-game win streak, four matches, one on the bounce. And Spurs took care of business, man. Uh, Saar scored, Richarlison scored, uh, Son scored. 3-1, they beat Bournemouth, ending Bournemouth's good little run there. 
And yeah, Spurs took care of business, as did Aston Villa uh, a week after blowing the, and this is a nice segue into the next match we'll talk about, but they blew a 2-0 lead at United and, or sorry, sorry, they blew a, 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 yeah, 2-0 lead at United and came back home to Villa Park to face Burnley, second to last in the table, and it was a struggle, man, but they got it done at the the very end. Uh, Burnley even down to 10 men, but Aston Villa, look, you know, sometimes it's not, it's not pretty, but three points are three points. They got three points they desperately needed to keep pace with Liverpool and Manchester City and stay ahead of Arsenal. So Villa come back, they bounce back from the disappointment to United and speaking of United. So we gave them praise, Nick, we gave them, we said for 45 minutes, uh, last week in the second half against Aston Villa, they finally looked like a football club. They finally looked up a team, a cohesive unit. Garnacho scored, looked excellent. Um, things were just going right. Rasmus finally got the monkey off his back, scored his first Premier League goal. And then what happens? They play Nottingham Forest, a club that you say, okay, um, I, I said last week on the preview that this would be a bigger match than people may think it will be. And it ended yeah. up being correct. Um from the perspective of not for Nottingham Forest, they have they they're just trying to avoid relegation. But for United, they they've had one good half of football in the past month, and that was against Aston Villa last week. And then they yeah. followed up with a big win against Nottingham Forest. And you say, okay, so now you have a series going. You have six points out of six. You you get you know a, a week and a half break here. Maybe they get some momentum going. Right? Nope. Wrong. Yeah. They go to Forest. Completely shit the bed. Yeah. Absolutely fall flat on their face. This the, they 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 equalize, and then four minutes later, Morgan Gibbs White puts Nottingham Forest right back ahead again, two to one. And this is just a, another prime example of Manchester United not being a cohesive unit, not being able to sustain momentum. Is something that. Bruno Fernandez talked about in his uh, press conference after the match against Aston Villa. That's yeah. that's goal number one. They cannot do that. And, you know, besides that 30, 45-minute stretch against Villa in the second half, again, I don't think these players are playing for seven hog. No, not at all, man. I mean, that that shows. And, and the United fans and supporters and, and everyone who, who watches them will say that, Scott McTominay shouldn't even touch the pitch. And what does the manager do? He brings Manny O off, who's playing great, mind you. Now, now no one's scored yet. It's 0-0. And he brings McTominay on and completely changes the game and changes tactics and, and, and brings McTominay on expecting some wonder goal that he gives him in the 80th minute. And then literally every goal that was scored was scored because McTominay's not tracking back, not playing his position as that holding midfielder, and uh, Nottingham Forest win the match two to one. Man, you you got to blame the manager, you got to blame the players. I mean, this is just it was it was like two two crappy things coming together to form a big crap because the players were crap and the manager with his uh, decisions and uh, and subs because. McTominay should have never came on the pitch. I agree. I think they were playing pretty tight, playing pre- playing pretty well. And then as soon as that sub was made, they just went to crap. Scott McTominay should be playing for 
uh, Brentford, not Brentford, excuse me. They, Brentford don't even want him. For someone like, uh, you know, uh, Sunderland in championship or, or, or Plymouth who are fighting to stay up in championship, someone like that. United, this this is not what they need. And, uh, yeah, for someone like me and you, man, this just gave us content to watch and we got to laugh at certain people crying. And, and, and this is what they get, man. And, and until things have changed, you know, we're just going to continue seeing this. We see a good performance, and then you'll see four bad. You'll see a good performance, you'll see two good. You, you know what I'm saying? Just nothing consistent, just like Bruno said. Hell, him himself, he he's not consistent himself. He really doesn't do much either. So No, he's, 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 he's lost a lot of motivation here. And you had uh, Erickson, Varane, Delote, and Garnacho all got yellow cards in this match yeah. for United. And, um, yeah, so I would imagine a lot of frustration there. But, you know, they played a 4-2, 3-1, and you had, like, these names, man. Evans, Delot, Varan, Juan Bissaka, Manu, Erickson, Anthony, Fernandez, Garnacho, Rashford up front. And it's the same. It's the same 11 pretty much every week. Doesn't matter how you stretch it. And they just cannot string together any kind of consistent form. It's just always nope. um, like you, you, you made a great point last week. Uh, you made a fantastic point in saying that that 45 minutes gives them another two months of false hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a bandaid over a cut that needs stitches, you know, just pouring blood out the side of the bandaid, but you, you, you covered it up for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You put some pressure on it. Made it feel a little better, but sure enough, it's going to bust open, and and it's going to be floodgates again, man. I mean, he does this every time. Good performance. That 45 minutes saved them from another month or two, uh, or a month maybe, and then you'll see crap performance, and then he'll do something good again. They'll beat Arsenal away from home, or they'll beat Tottenham or something. You know, They'll draw with City. And then it'll be a little Band-Aid over that cut with a butcher knife. And then then it'll just continue. And then finally they'll sack the guy. They'll trade. They'll get rid of the, some of these players next year. And then you'll finally start to see some change. But I don't see anything happening, man, for this whole season. They're going to finish like 8th or 10th. And and then they'll finally make some changes. But we'll, we'll, this will be a point me and you talk about for the next three months, man. They'll be crap for three more games, and then we'll get to talk good about them for for thirty minutes on our podcast. You know, yeah, for sure. Um, they 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 just it's like I said, it's the hope that kills you at the beginning of this show, and yeah. that that's that's literally you know uh, that's uh, their motto. We're talking about <laughs> you know metaphorically speaking for Man United. That that's literally it right now. I mean, it's the hope that kills yeah. you, and it's almost like they have to hit rock bottom to truly see the forest for the trees. No pun intended yeah. as they lost to Nottingham forest last well, week, but um, yeah, so they, they, they give out, they, I mean, you know, we gave them credit. They came from behind against a club that was much better than them. Yeah. Much better managed than them. And yeah, Aston Villa uh, completely fell asleep at the wheel, crashed the car into the tree. Yeah. Uh, Shame on, Shame on you, Aston yeah, Villa. But but and Aston Villa rebounded. Yeah. They did what they yeah. were supposed to do. That's what a yeah. good manager does. That's that's yeah. that's that's what um, th- he did at Sevilla, and that's what he's doing at, at at Aston Villa. And Unai Emery had his had his lads back on the pitch, and they yeah. got it done three to two. 
regardless of how ugly it was, they rebounded from a bad loss and were able to get the three points at home and 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 get their momentum back. United didn't sustain any of their momentum from the big win against Aston Villa. It's almost like it didn't even happen. And to that example, yeah. I give you an example of last season, Liverpool beats United 7-0. Yeah. 7-0 and then the next week they I think they lost to Bournemouth 1-0. Yeah. Just so they, so it so it completely yeah. negates beating United cuz you just gave away three points. United was probably favored to win. And then you're favored to beat Bournemouth and you give the three points right back. So what should have been, you know, six ends up being three. And yeah. that, you know, you take a couple of those, that that's what ended up costing Liverpool the top four. And it's those kind of matches that are going to end up costing Manchester United the top four this season. Yeah. Agreed, man. Yeah. We're, you're not going to see much out of them. They finish, they'll probably finish maybe conference league spot. And then we'll get to all laugh at them. Uh, next year and maybe not even that so yeah well, hey, they, we, they need to we have to talk about spain real quick because there was a big match today in spain and yeah. you know we we had uh sociedad versus alaves that ended yesterday 1-1 yeah you had uh valencia and Villarreal yesterday valencia they beat Villarreal 3-1 valencia you know a couple seasons ago not looking so good right now yeah. they got seven wins seven losses five draws they're in the top half of the table back in Spain again. Nice little recovery yeah. for them. Uh, not so much for Villarreal. Villarreal's in 13th. But, you know, that's not even the biggest ones. Uh, Real Madrid was against Mallorca today. They see themselves uh, go top still. Uh, Antonio Rudiger scored the only goal of the match. If that had ended in a draw, we would have Girona yet again on top of the table. But instead, they are just level with Madrid. But they have four to three winners today are Girona. And they have beaten uh, all of the big clubs in Spain with the exception of Real Madrid. They've beaten Barcelona. They've beaten Atletico yeah. Madrid. They, they've, they've beaten Sevilla. Uh, and I say Sevilla is a na- big on name. They're not that great this season on the pitch, but they are absolutely a big-name club. But this is another one, right? Alvaro Morata, as you said at the top of the program, scores yeah. a hat trick today. Three goals in 40 minutes, 14, 44, and 54 doesn't matter, though. Fernandez scores in the second. Savio in the 26th. Daily Blind, uh, speaking of United players, 39th minute. And Ivan Martin, 90 plus one, seals the deal. Girona come from uh, uh, out of nowhere. They come from behind. Beat Atletico Madrid 4-3 to three in a thrilling match. This is one of the best matches of the season in La Liga so far this season. And again, it doesn't matter what Real Madrid does, uh, Nick. They cannot shake. Girona, their only loss of the season is to Real Madrid. I am salivating at the mouth to see that rematch when it comes up here um, in the second half of the season. That that it looks like that may may decide the title. They're they're you know uh, out of the top four clubs in Spain, Real Madrid and Girona, the only two that have matched each other point for point. They have no losses in their last five. They have four wins and one draw. Madrid, Atletico Madrid has two losses. Barcelona has a loss and two draws. So they're falling further and further behind now. Um, Ten points now separate Atletico and Barca from the top two, Girona and Real Madrid. So it is now officially, Nick, a two-horse race in Spain. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, I I watched the match today. I was uh, 
didn't have much to do. I, I was I was following it closely, and uh, I mean, I was blown away. There was uh, I want to say it was three. It was five goals in the first half, and uh, goals were called back. We had VAR decisions. We had excitement. Murata, um, you know, shushing the world up, had a hat trick, and uh, Yorona scores the winning goal, 90, 90 and one, and. Uh, I was very happy. I had just finished watching Rudiger score for Real Madrid to save their their top spot and then go into Girona, then win the game 90 plus one. I would say Spain was a success today. Um, definitely great watch. And then tomorrow we got Barcelona. So let's see if they can gain three points and um, try to try to stay in that in that little little sneaky spot. You know, if someone just falls completely off the rails, then they could be there to pounce up. But like you said, man, I don't see – this is Madrid and Yorona's uh, uh, race, and let's see if Yorona can answer when they play Madrid on the um, on the reverse fixture. Carlo Ancelotti's good, man. He's going to have his boys ready, and uh, I hope Yorona can show up. Uh, I just – it's Real Madrid, you know. We want to see it, me and you both. We want to see Yorona pull it off, but it's going to be hard. They're going to need a lot. They're going to need Danny Glover in the outfield, and yeah, and they're going to need a lot of help. So, really, no no football to speak of though this weekend because yeah, um, yeah, Spain's oh, going to be taking slow. a break until next week. Uh, it, uh, obviously, the Premier League is on break till next week. So, I just thought we take a quick glance at the second tiers real quick and look at the standings. You know, as it stands right now in Spain, Leganes is looking at the top of the league. They're looking down on uh, Racing Ferrol, and then you've got Sporting Gijon there in the uh, third spot. And Valladolid yeah. and Espanyol are in fourth and fifth, respectively. So um, you have some names down there like Levante, Ibar. All these uh, clubs have been up in the uh, the La, uh, La, Liga, La, La Liga in the last couple of seasons. So really competitive there, right? So these second yeah. leagues sometimes are brutal. Um, do you have any favorites there that you see? Uh, get, I, I would think that Espanol probably has a move to make uh, just because of how big they are. And they're typically a mainstay, uh, albeit in the bottom half of the table. But I, I don't look for them. They're only uh, five points off of first place. Yeah, I look for Espanol to, to make a move. Yeah, so close, and they have Bath uh, from uh, the Danish, the national team player who, who's pretty good, man. I mean, he's scoring goals there. Uh, I, I think it's funny you say that, but I think, and they also have the top scorer in the league in Yavi Puado. Uh, he's a youngster that has, has come up through Espanol's program and he's 25. He's playing lights out. He's got 10, 10 goals in 17 games. And I follow this league closely. And I, I think Espanol could sneak in the top two because aside like Farrell, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it right. Uh, they, uh, they might not be able to stand up there. They can't sustain stuff like this when they pay, play bigger clubs, like Levante and Lagans and and Gion and all those teams, they they usually typically lose. So I like Espanol to come up. I like them to come back up. I like Sporting Gion. They were they were in the La Liga when I started watching ten years ago. So so they've been down that long. That's how hard it is to get back up. 
Um, they're in, I think, I think we said third. So I like, uh, Espanol to, to rebound and get back in the first or second, but the playoff is a freaking coin flip blindfold yourself and just point out a name because you talking about a hard thing to predict the championship playoff and the La Liga two playoff are some of the hardest things to, to, to predict, man. You can, right. you never know. You never know. Well, here's looking at, uh, uh, the German second tier. So Holstein Kiel has pulled ahead with 35 points. Yeah. They've, they've won five in a row, five on the bounce. So 15, yeah. they're the only club. Uh, St. Pauli's undefeated in their last five, but mind you, four of those five are draws. So yeah. out of a possible 15 points, they they've have, gotten, what, they've four? only got, they've got seven. <laughs> they've got seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the only, let's see. So uh, the only, let's see. So Hertha is unbeaten in their last five. Fjord is unbeaten in their last five. Karlsruhe is unbeaten in their last five. Um, Dusseldorf's doing okay. So Dusseldorf's in fourth place, but here's the thing. So Kiel, 35 points. St. Pauli, second place with 33. Again, and we talk about this all the time, Hamburg, two losses in their last five, two wins in their last five and a draw. They find themselves you know, first, second, third, and they always end up finishing third somehow. They find themselves in the death spot right now in third place in the second tier, which pits them right now in a playoff against Mainz. And yeah. despite the fact that Mainz has the fewest wins of any Bundesliga club this season, they beat, Cologne they beat has two wins, Darmstadt has two wins, Union Berlin has four wins, Bochum has three wins, Mainz has one win. They have a ton of draws, but they have one win. The money is on mines absolutely to beat Hamburg. Yeah. So, again, you know, this is the season you say, was Hamburg finally going to be able to make it back up after five years in purgatory? And I can't – if they don't finish top two, which guarantees it, I just don't see it yet again. Yeah. No, I, I, I've learned. I've seen it too many times. You know, this brings up a good, good uh, debate conversation thing here. Which would you prefer? Would you prefer third place playing in a playoff with the bottom of first first tier, or would you prefer the fourteen playoff in automatic promotion? That's a good question. Like Spain and England, because Germany does it different. Third place, you play the playoff, you win the the aggregate, you're in. You lose it, you're back down to second. England, Spain, you play the fourteen playoff, the bracket. And whoever wins is in, and there is no playoff for the first tier team, you know. Right. So it's pretty interesting that Germany does this. Um, I don't know who started it or whatnot, but I will say that for the last few years, Hamburg has been cursed, and this has really killed them because if they did have a playoff, Hamburg could possibly beat, you know, Paderborn, Dusseldorf, and Hertha, and then automatically get promoted. But Hold your horses. Sadly, Germany has the third place team playing that playoff, and that Bundesliga one side always beats Hamburg. It's like yeah. a curse, man. Yeah. So it kind of hurts Hamburg in, in that they don't have that that fourteen playoff. Um, if Hamburg gets third place, I count them out automatically. I'm not even going to entertain. Sorry, Fiago on Twitter. I don't entertain it. You're not going to get promoted, dude. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, at some point, it's like the Buffalo Bills in the early 90s. It's got to get in your head, right? That you yeah. continuously just lose yeah. like that. Serie yeah. B, uh, Italy. Hey, don't look now. Here comes Parma. 41 yeah. points, uh, six points clear of Venezia in first place. Looks yeah. like they're going to win Serie B this season unless something drastically goes wrong. They are your first half season champions. Venezia, 
is tied with Como, 35 points for second and third. But, of course, only the top two advance. Italy also has that playoff, Nick. And yeah. I believe that goes that expands to eight. Is it is it six or eight in Italy? It's so it's eight. Yeah, you or no? Uh, it's six teams. The, the third and fourth place team get get an automatic buy, and then and then the top the five, six, and seven, five, six, seven, eight play each other, and then the winners of those play the third and fourth place team. Okay, so don't look now, but Palermo in sixth place. Here, here, yeah, come, here I, comes Palermo back back from the dead. Uh, yeah, uh, you have Como, Cittadella, Cromanese, yep. Cantanzaro, and Modena. Those are your uh, yep. uh, uh, Brescia's on the outside looking in, three points back in ninth, and Sampdoria, who just got relegated, twenty three points. So it's it's clear who the top eight are, and that that could be very brutal. But like Palermo, if Palermo and Parma both made it back up, those are two of your traditional Serie A clubs from from yesteryear. Yep. Be nice to see those two back in Serie A together, especially Palermo back from the absolute death. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Talking about four Serie D. I mean, they were they were stripped of everything, and uh, literally they were moved to Serie D. And I got to watch them come back up. I mean, I followed them from D to C to now they're in B, and I hope they make it back to the top. I I love that side. Not ten years ago, they had the likes of Bellotti, Cavani, and. Uh, and your boy uh, Pablo Dybala. So yeah. Uh, quick look at uh, France. Don't look now, but this could be you, Leon, if you do not get your act together. Uh, Bordeaux, uh, former French champions, uh, French giants, thirteenth place, uh, yep. second half of the table. Saint Etienne, seventh place, twenty eight points. They're nowhere near in position right now to get promoted. Again, French giants, uh, Champions League, just a few seasons ago got relegated out of nowhere and they yeah. currently find themselves 19 matches into the season with a zero goal differential, 20 scored, 20 allowed in. And uh, yeah, Angers, Alzer and Grenoble foot. Yeah. They are the three right now that are in position to move back into league. Uh, and if I'm looking at that correctly, we talked about uh, Leon here earlier and yeah, they have that weird playoff. They, they, they have, do a they do a funny playoff. But Lyon yeah. currently is safe, so it's Toulouse. Yeah. Toulouse would play in the playoff against um, uh, uh, Grenoble. So that would be it right now. So for for um, for France, they have the same setup as Germany. So at the halfway point right now, Lyon have won three consecutive matches. Nick, so nine yeah. points out of their last nine currently find themselves in safety i do think that they will be fine yeah but um, too big yeah too big and last but not least we're gonna look at the championship nick and this is this is the brutal one this is this is i mean the the largest league 24 teams yeah uh, of of the top if you look at the if you look at the top 10 leagues in europe which is the spain german english french and italian First yeah. and second tiers. This is the largest league out of all of them. You have to play uh, forty six matches. Yeah, it's big. It's brutal. And yeah. right now, in the relegation spot, find themselves Rotherham, Queens Park Rangers, Sheffield Wednesday, Huddersfield, Birmingham, Birmingham City. And the reason I bring Birmingham, Birmingham City into this, even though they're not currently in the relegation zone, they just sacked Wayne Rooney as their manager yeah. after only fifteen matches. So some big news there for Birmingham City. Yet another former 
uh, English great player who has seemingly failed Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, now Wayne Rooney find themselves all sacked and uh, he's out of a job now. So, um, but if you look further up right now, Leicester city is running away with it. You can go ahead and say they're promoted. They're coming right back up to the premier league that is done and dusted. Ipswich town, three points clear of Southampton. And that's where you want to be is the top two because the top two guarantees it. But Ipswich town, one loss, one loss in their last five, Nick, but four draws otherwise. So out of 15, out of 15 possible points, they've only gotten four and out of 15 possible points right behind them. Southampton have 12 of their 15 points that they had available to them secured. So they have now jumped all the way up into the top three. And behind yeah. them, they've now surpassed Leeds, who's in fourth, West Brom, who's in fifth. And we all know it's a 16 playoff in England. Or excuse me, um, it's a it's a 14 playoff, but it's three yeah. through three through six. So the top six will play for relic. I mean, for promotion with the top two guaranteed advance, and yeah. that would be Sunderland in sixth place. So um, whole city is one point back. Coventry and Cardiff are three points back. So that's not decided, but. If you're looking at this, no. um, I right now I'm I'm favoring Southampton to win that playoff, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call a surprise here. I think I think that Leeds, I think Leeds is gonna Southampton could jump to second. Ipswich falls out of it, yeah, and and it, I, I think that it could be Leeds or Ipswich that perhaps wins that playoff. That's what I was I was gonna say. I think Ipswich they're not strong enough. They'll drop down into the playoff, and, and I think Southampton takes that second, just because the way they're playing and the way they're scoring goals. I mean, they, 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 the last few matches they've been unstoppable. I mean, scoring thirteen, I think, giving up two, like for the last few matches they've been out of control. Uh, I'll say that, but I think Leicester, Southampton, Leicester, Leeds is going to be your top two. Maybe uh, we got a long way to go, but the playoff, man. I would love to see Ipswich come up, but they I've been watching them the last three matches and it's been hard to watch. I mean, zero zero, one one. I mean, just I've been pulling my hair out. I mean, it's been driving me crazy. How crazy would it be to see to see Sunderland back in Premier League? Well, I mean, well, they used to be a mainstay, so I mean yeah. it, it wouldn't be Jermaine too, Defoe. Too... Remember Jermaine? Yeah, I do. De- De- yeah. Defoe was there yeah. and um uh of course um you know they they haven't been back up since they got relegated a couple of seasons no, ago. No, dude, it's like, right, they were I've, they were for sale for forty million five years ago. I literally have a screenshot saved where they were trying to sell Sunderland when they were in League One or Two, not five years ago. So for what has happened now, this is amazing for a club like Sunderland. So yeah. props to you, Sunderland. Uh, West Brom also were just up. You know, we've seen them recently in Premier League. So it looks like mainstays besides Ipswich and Sunderland, man. Whole City could sneak in that playoff too. They've looked good. So this is something you know very well I love following. So this is this is going to be a, a good one. Yeah, I mean, really, other than that, um, you Slow know, we, times, do, we, do have, we do have Serie A this weekend. So I'll just I'll, yeah. I'll say that. But you got Juventus playing Salernitana. That should be a win for Juventus. I mean, that's the last place team. I said that about Inter. I mean, I said that about AC Milan. They drew them. So I guess don't count your eggs before they hatch. Milan get another layup. They get to play Empoli. So it should be a win for them. 
Inter play Verona. Should be a win for them. Uh, the big one, uh, so Torino's playing Napoli. That's a big one. And Roma is playing Atalanta. Those are your your your, your big matches. And then we'll see if Bologna can rebound after that loss uh, last week um, with the match over Genoa. And, you know, Genoa's tough at home, but not, not so much uh, on the road. So, um, you know, this one... We'll, we'll 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 see how this one patch. I mean, Bologna's got a forty seven percent chance of winning, so they should they should be able to take care of business tomorrow. But um, yeah, it's not much to cover because those matchups in Serie A really aren't that interesting. Like I said, the big one yeah. is Roma and uh, Atalanta. That's on Sunday, but they're really the only league uh, that's um, that's playing. We everybody else is on break until middle of the month. Yeah, it's my quiet time. I tell my friends. I got my Brazil under-20 tournament and a few games here or there. Mexico's second tier starts back up in a couple of days. I'll have that at nighttime. And then in in March and April, I got the state tournaments for Brazil. And then we at, in May, I get Brazil back, Colombia, uh, all the Argentina. I get all, everything back. So right now, slow season and uh, – yeah, we're still rocking and rolling though, man. Still pushing out content and yeah, following. We we're gonna we- Yeah, we're gonna be following all the transfers. Um I know Nick, we talked about doing a special here. Uh, uh we're gonna have some kind of special coming up that we're gonna do for the listeners uh in the in the in the coming week or two that we're gonna yeah. add some extra content in there. But um yeah, I mean it's uh, it really what we're looking at uh slow slow weeks here in most of the leagues and we're going to continue to follow the transfer drama uh this could be a make or break window for a lot of clubs and uh in both the promotion and the relegation i mean not the uh, promotion the title hunt and the relegation battle yeah yeah so we, we'll still have stuff to cover and, and and we did talk about covering a little bit of a different thing uh probably maybe next week or the week after probably next week being we got a big game in the states here uh monday so we'll talk about it and we will might have a surprise for the listeners coming up here real soon so yeah man i love it good stuff coming up but yeah we wanted to throw some history at you guys today talk a little bit about some transfer blunders and then uh you know from from different leagues different clubs that have had success some are more fortunate than others, it would appear. Uh, and that uh, comes from the top, very top, you know, good sporting director, good scouting department, and yep. a good youth academy. And you can make wondrous things happen. Yep. Turn your club into a powerhouse. Yep. Well, it didn't, it, and, and then for others, you know, like D- Dortmund has a good youth academy, but too many transfer blunders. Sell everybody. Sell everybody. <laughs> it's, it's a different, you, when you have that kind of philosophy, right? I mean, it just, it, it comes yep. down to your philosophy. What what do you what is your priority? Do you yeah. do you want to win league is titles? Is it money or is it winning? Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, it seems like Dortmund's more concerned of staying in the black uh financially than actually winning titles. And if 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 the DFB call somehow slips into their hands because nobody else wanted it that season, then they seem satisfied with that. For it. Yeah, for yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that seems uh to have covered it for this week, my friend. Yeah, man, we had a good one without even without even really much to to chatter about. We turned it into into some good content for good, sure. Good conversation, man. Yeah, always around transfers. Good conversation and wrapping up the leagues for winter. Gonna have ourselves a little hibernation the next week or so, and then it's back to business in back the middle business. of January. Yeah, yeah. The push for spring, man. The days are gonna start getting longer, and um, 
yeah, the push for spring and, and, and spring, spring means that we are in the home stretch of the season. And yeah, we're just a few months away from that. So it's gearing up. We're, uh-huh. we're, we're past Christmas. We're past new year's. Things are going to get very hot in this cold winter very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. After transfers are done, we're, we're, I feel like, uh, it's back to, to, to business as usual. Like we like saying. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to turn the lights out, Nick. You have any final words? I, I ain't got, I ain't got nothing, man. I'm, I'm ready to, uh, to get to some, some egg ball discussion and, and some good stuff here in a, in a good, uh, good episode coming up here. I'm already getting excited. Yeah. Well, until next week, uh, we are turning the lights out in the basement. Thank you all so much for listening and we will see you next week. See you folks. See you folks.